Hello. Hello. Play. Everybody. Hi, it's me, Tom. What's going on? It's the best show. We're still here. We've been here for a long time, right? Right, Mike? But are we are we are we losing strength or are we gaining strength? We're gaining strength. It's like Hulk Hogan. He gets knocked down and uh, he's hurt, and then he gets uh, the ref holds his arm up and he's he's for all intents and purposes deceased. Then he holds his arm up again, and his arm falls like a dead fish, just the way there's no life left in this. And then go and counter to the entire human experience. He holds his arm a third time, and it stays up in the air. He's back, and he gets up, and he fights harder. That's what we do right here. Not unlike our friend Terry Bollea, the great Hulk Hogan. COO of uh, Gawker Media, Hulk Hogan. I really need to see some copy on that. Uh, let me read the article on the thing. Can you imagine Hulk Hogan read? Oh, look, I don't want to make fun of this guy. He'll end up on the best show. Right? Make fun of Hulk Hogan too much. Uh, I'll be in court. Next thing you know, it'll be like, Hey, it's the best show with Hulk Hogan. Let's play it. And then he'll start the show with, uh, I am a real American. I want that guy running the best show. He'll run it right into the tank, right? Right in the tank. Allegedly. Don't come after. If you're going to come after anybody, uh, Hulk Hogan, I want to just say my name is Dudio. Right now. Go after Dudio, Hulk Hogan. I would love to see Hulk Hogan... And Dudio in court, squaring off. My uh, Mike's laughing at that. Boy, Mike. Then the two of them, Dudio would say, I'm just a guy from West Virginia. I'm from out in the Appalachian, right? Then they'd, they'd connect over their West Virginia roots. All the Hulk Hogan's from Florida. I'm sure he's done plenty of wrestling shows out in West Virginia, though. Right? What was the big town out there in West Virginia, uh, Jason? When you grew up in West Virginia, what was the big town you'd go? Did you, you'd get in the car and and go check out? You'd be all excited. We're going to town. We're going to town. Roanoke, Roanoke, West Virginia. And so you'd all pile in the car, and what you'd be like? They got the movie theater, right? You got the picture shows, mister? Mister? And they'd be like, why, yes, tonight's movie is... Mannequin 2. But I says to you, enough of that. Let's start the best show, fair and square. We got Chris Gethard in studio. It's going to be a great show. Get ready, sit back, relax. And here comes the best show.
Tonight Show. How's everybody doing tonight? Here in this September evening, right? Jason, you come in here, please. Mike, can you hear this? No, that's not going out over there. Um, can you tell me why? What would it take for me to get this? Oh, I see what it is. I think I already can do it. Output. Boop. Wait, why is it? Shouldn't that go? Alright, you good. Hi everybody, the phone number 201-332-3484 here. We are doing the best show as we do it every Tuesday night and we have been doing it since the beginning of time. What's up? We got a great show for you now. We got uh, Chris Gethard in studio. We'll bring him in in a couple minutes. Be very exciting. Have him uh, in the building. Got uh AP Mike in the house. AP Mike talking. He's, uh, he's uh, got some exciting news about his new calendar. Uh, we're all we're all so thrilled that he uh, has a new calendar coming out. Um, and uh, you go go to apmike.bandcamp.com to check that out. And uh, we're all so thrilled. And I'm getting these exciting reports back. Uh, That people are loving the calendar. It's a hit. They're staring at it. It's it's really just a blast. It's like a party. It's like the calendar is like a party. I'm hearing. Who did we just hear? I just had to fix the tech thing. Why? Because I had to get a new laptop. Because the other one did stopped working. That's great. That's fun. Great. Great. Yeah, no, yeah, you can stop. Uh, four years? No, no, stop. By, by, by all means, stop working. I got enough out of you. Oh, you're out of warranty now? Yeah, no, you should, you should, you shouldn't work anymore. Yeah, why, why, why would you work? Right? No, I wouldn't want it. I it inconvenience you to keep going. No, but oh, oh, oh and they're uh, twice the price now. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. For a new one? Yeah, let, please. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it, by all means. Hold on one second. I have work stuff going on at the same time. Hold on. I apologize. Yeah, so yeah, I've got to, and I'm trying to get the my old fashioned soundboard to play because if it don't play, how can I play things like this? Drink as much milk as your little belly can hold. Right? There we go. Now it plays. Or things like this. Uh, have there been any talks about you returning for a third film in the series? And if you do, will you be cutting Tom Sharpling from that movie too? <laughs> 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 oh, what a hoot! <laughs> 
oh yeah, when I got cut out of the movie. What a, what a, just a hilarious. Yeah. I'll tell you, man. I'm glad I played this song. I played the song. Remember last week when Allison Crutchfield called, right? We were talking her and Mike Kroll. And we said we were going to play uh, something from her new uh, her record, the return of her band Swearin', right? New album, Fall, in, Fall Into the Sun. Big change, the name of that song. And Allison said we could play it, even though it was not out just yet. She said we could play it. So I played it. So if that's bad, yell at her. Um, it's great. The record's so good. Thumb merge. Gonna be the it's gonna be the hit album of the fall, right? Hey Mike, who's good here? What's that now? Line one. Let me do this and then we'll bring our friend Chris Gethard. And best show, hi. Hi. Hey Tom. Hey. This is uh, Alex from Milwaukee. Alex from Milwaukee. What's up, Alex? Just hanging out. Actually, just got my uh, pizza delivered. Oh. Yeah. What'd you get? Got a sausage, uh, mushroom, onion, and black olives. You can't get black olives on a pizza? Who says that? P- uh, that's the kind of thing that like someone in New York would scream at you about. That's Probably. not a pizza! You can't get black olives on a pizza? Yeah. Yeah, you look. You get whatever you want on a pizza. You know what I like? You know what I like on a pizza? Pine- pineapples. I like that. Now and again. I understand the appeal of it. I want it all the time. But now if somebody puts it on, I get the appeal. That's yeah. not pizza! Sure it is. Pizza with <laughs> little little chunks of pineapples dropped on it. Looks like Yeah, not every it. time I get it. No, but of course. I'll get it. Yeah. I won't crucify someone for getting it. Yeah, so what's going on, my friend? Uh, just... Had a long day at work, uh, hanging out, listening to the best show. Yeah. Good. You got a cold, cold brew there? What do you oh, got? Oh, yeah. Right? Got a couple brew dogs here. What do you got? Uh, Kirkland Light? Ice cold from Milwaukee. Kirkland Light? So can you guess? You're from Milwaukee. Yeah. So what do you got? Old Milwaukee? Nope. Nope. What do you got? Pabst. Pabst. Bieber. Yeah, the good stuff, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you, you, you buy the Paps, then you got money left over for other things, right? Right, right, like the pizza. Yeah, like the pizza, because you, you, you do that, and then, because you, 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 the Paps is uh, is not, not too expensive now, right? No, no, it's it's pretty decent. Yeah. Or, get, or save that money for uh, the Killers concert I went to last Tuesday. Well, I don't know why you'd have to save your money unless you uh, owe someone for the ticket. No, it, it, uh, the new the new Bucks Arena just basically opened up two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and the Killers were the surprise opening show for the arena. So surprise opening show? What you just bought a ticket? Like Mystery Band will be here? No, we knew for like two months, but people were wondering who the first. Uh, group to play there was and uh-huh. it was the first show so we weren't it was pretty cool uh violent femmes open for them did they do when you were young 
Did they uh, I don't remember. They played Blister in the Sun, though. No, not the Violent Femmes. The Killers. Oh, well, yeah, them, yeah. I don't care about Violent Femmes. Oh, oh, Violent <laughs> Femmes. Wait, oh, they did Blister in the Sun? Of course they did. It's their only yeah. song. First, they did six times in a row. Right? How old is their lead 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 dude? He looked like know. he was like sixty five. No, I'm sorry, 68. he's not aging to your standard. What, what, what are you? <laughs> what, who am I talking to? Uh, what are you, a male model? I wish. Right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Gordon Gano isn't uh, doesn't meet your <laughs> standard of uh, attractiveness. <laughs> I'm seeing uh, Metallica in October. I'm sorry. Same place. What happened? You lose a bet? How'd that no. go down? <laughs> no. No? Everyone I know that's seen them said they're amazing. Do you think they'll do that song? So. think they'll do Master of Puppies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Enter the Sandbox. And Enter. See, that's just silly. <laughs> Get off my phone. Nice enough guy. Don't have time for that, though. Don't have time for it. Well, the guy's got his uh, comedy routine. I'll make the jokes here. Right, Mike? Jason, could you uh, could you do me a favor and bring uh, Chris Gethard in, Jason? And then Pat, Pat come in behind Jason. What the surprise. Hey! Oh, go sit, sit in the big blue chair. Jason? Yes. I want to say this to you. Yes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. He, Jason had a birthday uh, Sunday night. Or all, all Saturday. All, well, not just night, all day and night. All Saturday. 24 hours. Saturday night. Yeah. Well, you did it. I did it. You're still here. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you're still alive, right? Exactly. You did it. We love you. Thank you, Tom. I love you guys. Well, that's that felt a little. No, it's honest. It felt a little forced. I love you. Hey, uh, Pat, did you get Jason something? Yes. What'd you get him? A six-pack of Krispy Kreme donuts. Well, look at that. Thank you. Just like how you see it in West Virginia. Just like in West, when he grew up in West Virginia, he'd be like, like, uh, they got them hot donuts coming out. Let's go, let's go watch the donuts get made, right? The donuts are round like a tire. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Look who's here, Chris Gethard. Hey, Tom. What's up, Chris? How are you? I'm doing all right. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too, always. It's been a little while. It has. Yeah. It's one of uh, Jason's favorite songs. It's been a while. <laughs> Who was that, Jason? Stained. Stained. That's right. He loved all that stuff yeah. coming up. Those were all his heroes. Train, Marcy's Playground, and whatnot. He liked Marcy's Playground. Uh, obviously disturbed. Drowning pool, and they all tour together now, right? Limp Biscuit, yeah. There's Couple usually like some the virus tour, yeah. like some the horrifying 
But, you know, I always like how those bands start to have to play, even if they don't have the same exact aesthetic, they have to start sharing bills a little bit, yeah. where they'll just be like, hey, it's the Bengals are playing with Howard Jones. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't know, they have a whole lot in common, other than the 80s is all they have in common. But now you have to be like, hey, yeah, it's the Thompson Twins are playing with the, with the Stranglers. So. Do you know my... uh the, Drew, who writes on my show, Drew Johnson, yes. he's yeah. really, really into Train. Okay. And he took his fandom far enough that I guess Train put out wine, okay. and he bought and drank the wine to support Train. He bought and supported Train. Yeah. Because they... He just loves Train. He just loves Train. And put a little money in their pocket. Yeah, and you just picture that guy on a, like, walking the vineyard, <laughs> the guy in Train, that main guy, wearing like a... He always seemed to have like a black T-shirt on that guy. I intentionally know nothing about Train. <laughs> I don't know a thing about them. And then Drew told me he was really into them. But mm-hmm. he and I love Drew to death, my mm-hmm. buddy Drew. But uh, mm-hmm. just based on the other music he likes, I just knew Train was not for me. Yeah. No, you. He's giving you a heads up to disregard any other music he recommends <laughs> because you know Train is like the flagship. Yeah. Of it. If they're leading the charge. Yeah. Although, speaking of this type of music, have I ever told you, one of the great missed opportunities of the Chris Gethard Show's public access run uh-huh. was I found this crazy band, and they played our show a bunch of times. I won't name names to keep people out of trouble. Sure. And I found out that one of the people in it, in this really lunatic performance art project, was also a session musician with Marcy Playground. Okay. And I was asking him if he could get them on the show. Uh-huh. And he was like, I don't know, they're very touchy about stuff. But my plan was to, because we used to have it SNL style, we'd play music in the beginning yeah. and the end, yeah, yeah, two yeah. songs, and I wanted them to play Sex and Candy twice. I thought uh, that would have been a real good move. Yeah, I'm sure they're just like... Chomping at the uh, bit. Can you imagine when they have to, like, they're on stage at the show and they're just like, uh, we gotta do Sex and Candy tonight. We got to do it every night. As long as I have a guitar around my <laughs> a guitar strap across my shoulder, I know I'm playing Sex and Candy. Yeah. Oh. We did have we our most viewed musical performance ever on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Out of all the music clips, over 200 episodes. Yeah. Weedus, Teenage Dirtbag. That's right. Which I loved when yeah. they played the show. It's a good song. Had a lot of hip current stuff on, but Weedus. Weedus just broke away. Just. Took the lead. Yeah. Never looked back. Take that, Front Bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> front well, Bottoms. Great dudes. Well, I just played the Swearin' record. I love Swearin'. I know. I, I said I would not end my show until Swearin' played the show. Yes, and I think that that did not It didn't happen. It came close. I was <laughs> yeah, emailing Allison. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of knew in my heart already that the show was done mm-hmm. when Swearin' announced the reunion. And I emailed Allison and said, this might be perfect timing. Yeah. You? It's maybe a sign that we need to yeah. wrap it up that I said I would never end my show until your band played my yeah. show. And then your band broke up and reunited in the time that I was still schlepping along. And then – but it was a matter of months. It did not – Yeah. Unless there's one final Chris Gethard show. Who knows? Right? I got some ideas. I know. Look. First of all, let me just say this. Chris is one of the funniest guys ever. Thanks, Tom. One of my favorite people ever. Likewise. He is... What What don't? What can't he do at this point? 
Guy throws it. Look at this. This guy. I'll say this about this guy. He paints himself. Oh, nothing goes right for me. I haven't this done guy, that as much the past the, couple this of years. This guy's got the golden touch. I've never seen anybody who touches anything. It turns to gold. Really? You've never seen anybody? Have you ever met John Mulaney? Well, that's true. Okay. He look guys like that make. I would okay. say everything I everything touch turns, turns to bronze. Okay, you're. I think to that's bronze. fair. Okay. Turns to everything bronze. you touch turns to bronze. A guy like that touches it turns to gold. He won an Emmy last night. Yeah, I can solidly come in third place. Uh-huh. I will admit you'll that take now. that. Okay. But see, but I'm in the thing where I touch things made of silver, and suddenly it's just like it <laughs> gets downgraded past it to like copper, like. <laughs> But you, this guy says, oh, I guess I'll do a podcast. Thing blows up. <laughs> biggest podcast going. Beautiful anonymous. And get this. It's not the biggest. He's even doing it. He gives a phone number out. Yeah. The other people, they, it's a two-hander, and you change the other person every week. Believe me. The idea that I never <laughs> need to book a guest, I show up, tweet out a phone a, number, and that's my whole job. Yeah. It's the greatest. I, I am thanking. Yeah. I thank the... Heaven's on high for that one, believe me. Although I'm glad to see our uh-huh. – since the day we met, our competition yeah. over who is doing worse. Oh. Oh, no. I won that race. Don't no, worry. No, No, I won. Stop no, you're that. You broke away. You put me in my place. No. It's when, fine. Since when was it a competition between you and I? It's fine. It was a race to the bottom, and I beat you. <laughs> <laughs> but then you got the pod- – look, the podcast is great. It's you talking to these people, and it gets very heavy, and it gets it's it's very gets very weird. It depends on the call. The callers set the tone, but it tends to it tends to more or less live in a certain neighborhood. It's not like anybody is, you know what I mean? It's not as it's more it's real life. It is more than anything else I've done. Yes, sometimes in a real big way. Yes. Which I didn't intend. I thought it was going to be a really funny podcast. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be an extension of the Gethard Show with sure. people pranking me. Mm-hmm. But then it, uh, the first episode wound up getting featured on uh, This American Life, and it was a serious episode. Yes. And it just went in this real serious direction. And I had to really talk myself out of self-sabotage because I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do another project that's not known for being funny. You know? Sure. You mean where it's it's got the... It, it it taps into the range of emotions. Yeah, like I I feel like my comedy between the Gethard show and the and the special I did had a spe- reputation for like oh it'll get really dark and honest, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. at least it, it but it's also funny. And then that went in the direction where I'm like oh that's just dark and honest sometimes, which is great because you can't I, you can't guarantee how it's going to come no. out because because you if you're doing if you're doing your stand up you, everything that that gets said is coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. You you're handing that phone line over to a stranger. Yeah, any it can go. They dictate where it goes. Yeah, and I had to get my ego out of the way and be like, it's all right if it's not funny. What am I? I can't always make jokes. Like mm-hmm. we had an episode with someone who called up and said she was married to a man and found out he was addicted to child porn while they were married. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna start cracking wise at I know. that point. I'm gonna shut up and listen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, but I had to remember this is like a real blessing in my life and such a cool thing and. To be able to, you know, the fact that a, a big part of my job now is to just let people talk. Mm-hmm. Pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. Especially when you know you bring in a, a certain, a certain quality of person too. In a way, it's not going to be like people who are going there looking to, looking to just like, 
stir it up yeah. as the default setting. It's they're true. Not, yeah. It's true. They're generally – they're very nice people, very like sweet you. people, and then they come out when I go on the road. It's awful nice. They like you. Yeah. Not, not, I mean, I love your callers too, but you you got to uh, keep a lot more balls in the air. It's a little, cool. You're a little bit more of a ringmaster. I'll say this though. Look, I, I'm here. Sometimes I get knocked around. I t- I'll take my lumps. I never saw anybody who put their name on their thing. Chris Gethard show was almost like it was almost like that was like the the lot like the bad lottery in a way where it's like who's gonna get beat up the most? Let's put oh, their name on dude, the show. I can't believe I didn't tell you this. I should have texted you right away. I just did shows in Salt Lake City. Uh huh. Wise guys, really yeah. fun shows. Uh huh. People came out. I'm outside. I'm out afterwards. I'm trying to sell the merch, trying to yeah. push the book and whatnot. Uh huh. Kid comes we'll up talk to me. About the book. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to squeeze it in. Don't worry. No, Blame I me. want. We're going to clear a wide path for it. it doesn't, we're not going to squeeze this in. This dude comes up to me at yeah. the table. Yeah. He's like, uh, I was on your show once, and yeah. you know, there's a, a lot of people. Two hundred episodes. Yeah. I can't remember everybody. I'm like, oh wow, I'm sorry. I'm blanking. What, what did you do? And he's like, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised you didn't recognize me. I, uh, me and my friend, we, uh. We dressed up as Spider-Man, Spider-Man and we beat each other with bats. <laughs> that was when I was on the Chris <laughs> Gethard show and I was a guest on the on the, the the show and these two dudes were dressed as Spider-Man and started hitting each other with wiffle ball bats yeah. and were coming shockingly close to hitting other people when they would like pull back. Including with the you, bat. I believe. Yeah, I almost got whacked. Turned out they were two 15-year-olds from Utah. That... <laughs> Went to New York, put on Spider-Man costumes, and started thumping each other on television. They, um, yeah, but but you, but when you put your name on the show, most people would be like, like it's like late night with Seth Meyers. That doesn't mean Seth Meyers gets it worse than anybody else on the thing. I think that was kind of the whole premise of the show, looking back on it. I wanted to have a show where the host was never in control. Mm-hmm. That was kind of always the gut instinct. Yeah. What happens if the guy it's named after is the lowest status person <laughs> in the room? That was the experiment. And the show... Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. How long did the show run for in every iteration? Because it started off as a live show at the UCB theater. Yeah. That was the first version of the show. It ran for nine years total. Okay. I I really had it in my head as I was mentally breaking. Mm Mm-hmm. Towards the end, I, I was like, I want to hang on and get to year 10 because it's a round mm-hmm. number. And yeah. then I realized that was pretty arbitrary. Yeah. Then I was also like, to come in at nine uh-huh. is pretty on brand for me, you know? Yeah. Like, we're that close to 10. <laughs> we're that close to a milestone. It's the closest. No, let's pull the plug. Yeah. Pull the plug let's, just before the milestone. Let's have it conk out right yeah. before we get a, a, a showy double digit. Yeah. Nice shiny thing to number. celebrate. Nice yeah. thing to celebrate. Nine. No Let's do it. Yeah. Although I do, can I tell people about the conversation we had right after it ended, which made me feel so yeah, much sure. better. 
But we, we talked on the phone because mm-hmm. you are someone who I've leaned on many times over the years, especially in moments where I'm mad at the entertainment uh-huh. industry. You're the perfect okay. person to sure. call. Yeah. You always have words of wisdom, uh-huh. specifically ones okay. I would like to hear in those moments. Uh-huh. And you said you knew I was done. You said you watched the show one night. And you said yeah. when we went to commercial breaks, yeah. we had these crane shots. Yeah. And I used to like be dancing or high-fiving audience members. <laughs> yeah. You said you watched one episode where as it went to commercial and the crane shot was overhead, yeah. you watched me drop my head and slink off yeah. to the side and like, defeat. Yes. Like, like that was that was like the <laughs> message. It was like, oh, there's Chris. That's where Chris's head is at. And then there was also an episode where clearly, if we can talk about this, oh, let's clearly. Go. You know me and you. Okay. When you get me going, I'm an open I'll book. I'll say this. This environment is maybe more, more of an open right. book than anywhere else. Because I'll say this. You did the show. It was a beautiful show. It was a show that just every episode you tried to do something different with that mm-hmm. had that would just go into a place you had no idea where it was going to end up. And there's that beauty when you do a thing where you're putting these elements out on the table that you don't get to say how this is going to shake out. We take our chances. Yes. Took took our you chances. You took your chances. And you did you did 200 episodes of you taking your chances and your lumps and everything you took and but it but as it went on and it went from a live theater show to a cable access show mm-hmm. to a network show that was a channel that I think went out of business. No, it's uh, still around. It went, okay. It's still around. What was that? Fusion. Fusion, not Fuse. Not Fuse, Fusion. Often confused with Fuse, which lets yes. you know this this network. They took yeah. great care of us, and I thank mm-hmm. them for the chance, but you are mm-hmm. a small network if you're getting... Your brand is outshined by Fuse. Yes, yeah, so Fuse is people are like Fuse is no, already we're not small. Fuse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Fuse <laughs> is. Like, so, but then you went to True TV, yeah. and you had two seasons. National there. platform. Yes, following the Jokers for and the first chunk. Sure, and then, then it kind of, it it was it just worked, and then it worked less. What yeah. happened? <laughs> and look, you say as much or as little you, uh, you set the line. Well, let's see. Um, I mean, I like being very honest. It's also hard for me to be impartial. Oh. I want to be very fair. I mean, I do want to say right out of the gate that I appreciate every opportunity I ever got. Uh, you know, a network put us on a national platform. We were the first show that was ever an hour long. We live. First show live. Unbelievable. That was their idea. Unbelievable yeah, opportunity. An hour. They were giving you. Mm hmm. And your 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 crew mm-hmm. of New York mutants, mm-hmm. an hour they were handing you an hour of television time of broadcast time, yeah, to shape, yeah, however you saw fit. Yeah, they gave us a crazy level of opportunity, mm-hmm. unbelievable. So the, yeah, and yes. I I am so 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 thankful for it. Um, all that being said, I think. Uh, you know, we were on following the Jokers, and the numbers were decent. And then, I think, for, I think for the network, a lot of the, uh, I think a lot of their strategy is let's start shows off following Impractical Jokers because that's mm-hmm. the network's biggest audience, get eyes on it, then switch it out, give someone else a chance to grab their audience. Mm-hmm. And when we switched nights, it just the numbers plummeted, and yeah. uh, I couldn't figure out how to get them back up, and it was really stressing me out. And you know why, Mike? Mike, 
He's not listening to me. You know why, Mike? He probably stepped outside as soon what, as I got in here. What night do you think the show is on first? Thursday. Thursday, Mike. It, then the then the then they had ratings problems. What night were they on? Tuesday. That's right. Trying to take on the juggernaut. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you split the audience. There's only so many of these people to go around. Yeah. We've got, we're sharing a lot of people. Yeah. Only so many people who like vinyl and aren't good at conversation. <laughs> and I'm one of them. <laughs> oh, as am I. Yeah. But, yeah, so so you, the show moved nights. Yeah. You lost some footing. Yeah. On that. And then then when those things start to go it, yeah, bad, when it they... And, and, you know, it's like it's it's one of these things with our show being as strange as it was. I think if it had worked really big, mm-hmm. it would have proved a lot. But it wasn't working at the end of the day, not in a commercial sense. I was still really proud of all the stuff we were doing. And, uh, you know, in, in a way that I hope doesn't shine a bad light on them, my relationship with the network did get tense. I would mm-hmm. say that. And I am not built to handle certain types of stress. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the way the communication was going was pushing me to a pretty dark place. Yeah. Because um, there's one episode I remember watching you, maybe two in on the second on the yeah. final run, and you yeah. were clearly it was it not was like good. a subtweet. Yeah, <laughs> but it was you. You were go. You were you know me too. You well. were having a conversation that I was just like. It's one thing if you go from point A to B to B to C to C to D. It's like you started at like point L. Yeah, but everybody watching at home was still back at A, and I was just like, I I can figure out where this guy's at because yeah, you know I know him. Enough. And then you're just like, you know, because the thing, and it's the other thing, and it's like it's like we're ninety seconds in on this episode. He's yeah. he's losing. not good. I yeah. was not doing it. They they did not uh, they did not enjoy our first episode of the of the last batch of okay. those last ten, and mm-hmm. uh, it was not a good scene. And they asked us to rearrange a whole lot of things between week one and two. Mm-hmm. I, I was pretty surprised by it. Put me in a bad spot. I think just the, the chain of communication was also built in a way that was making me feel insane. As you know from working in TV, mm-hmm. you will very often hear things that come from other people, but it's been passed on through six people before it ever yeah. gets to you. Yeah. And that was driving me nuts. And mm-hmm. I started really trying to flag to everybody that this was not going to be good for my health. And it was, uh, in, in my opinion, I don't know. I don't know if that was taken as seriously as maybe people understood. I, I was trying, maybe I could have made it clear, but mm-hmm. long story short, Tom, and I'm not trying to, again, I have a very good life. And like you said, like the underdog thing I know is over. I can't lean into that anymore. It would be disrespectful. Like I, I've had a bunch of, you know, three good years in a row, which I never thought I'd see. That being said, I did, uh, I did flag like, hey, this is really intense. I don't think it needs to be this intense. Uh-huh. I'm going to have, uh, uh, I can't believe I did not plan on talking about this, but I was like, I'm going to have a panic attack. I'm go- I'm not built for this. Did and you think it was going to happen on the show? I wasn't sure when it was going to happen, but I, I could tell what was happening. And I was really trying to like just spread word to people of like, hey, all of these conversations are fair, but the way they're happening is just so intense. And I don't know if yeah. that's necessary. And I wound up having a panic attack, I think about 5 p.m., on the day of our second episode. Keep okay. in mind, I, I hosted a live television show on national TV at 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was terrifying. It was really, really terrifying. 
And if I'm being totally honest, I, I think I fought the good fight. But from that point forward, if, if you watch from the third episode in, mm-hmm. I think people watching, if they knew me and knew the show, could feel that it was uh, a yeah. it was a real struggle for mm-hmm. me to. I, I could definitely feel yeah, it. I did not feel safe in the environment that was named after me, and that is a problem. You know, that is a problem, and, and part of why I had to walk away. Even at a certain point, it turned around, and I started having some fun again. And some of the people, you know, some of the people involved in the show. Uh, like Shannon and Bethany who were on the show were like, I think we got one more season in us. Let's do uh-huh. it. And I started, I started thinking maybe we could. And then my wife, who's also on the show said, you know, I don't want to cost my friends a job. I don't want to cost myself a job, but as your wife, more than someone who's on the show as your wife, yeah, I don't know if I can let you convince yourself of this, seeing how this has gone for you. And, uh, you know, part of what made me comfortable realize, okay, I got to end this thing was we did an episode and my aunt Karen uh-huh. emailed me that day and was like, hey, I hope you're getting enough sleep. Okay. And wow. I was like, yeah. man, when I get away from like, here's the strategy that needs to happen. Here's how we need to shift this and shift that and all that. And it's just the people in my life who love me. Mm-hmm. That's what they're thinking. Are yeah. you? I'm watching you on live TV and what my immediate instinct is to make sure that you're sleeping right. That's a, yeah. that's a concerning thing. Yeah. You know? If they, if it can, if that's reading... Yeah. On television. To the people who love me. Yeah. I'm going to look out for myself. And then the network, too, uh, said, you know, since the numbers are low, we might need to switch your show to a half hour. Mm-hmm. And we said, when will that happen? And they said, any, we don't know. Yeah, could yeah, happen yeah. tomorrow, could not happen. Mm-hmm. It wound up not happening, which I think was good because I think the show is better as an hour and we got to end it and yes. I was proud of. But not easy to work on a live show when you don't know if you're going to get it's the notice that it's going to be half an hour. And again, all of this being said, they gave me an incredible opportunity. Yeah. I think I maybe realized that I am not built to helm something on commercial TV. The pressure was too great and it broke me. I'm sad to say. Well, it's got you, sad you know, and real yeah, fast. Well, it Tom. did. Yes. I want to show you what your own show sounds like. This is what you're, but you're on my beautiful. Unknown. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's hard. You're wearing so many hats on the thing. Also, you're. Yeah. It's it's a it's a it's a different thing when when you see any of the late night shows. Those those hosts are not in the trenches on every dopey little thing. And look, you had you have people. You had great people yeah. around you fighting to keep things off your plate and you had, you know, JD and everybody doing everything they humanly can to, to just make this thing run. Yeah. But when a thing is just at a certain size, it's like the, your face is on the thing and your name's on the thing. And it's like, people are going to come to you for answers on so many things, but then you actually have to also just go host the thing. Like you can. Well, that was the tough part, man. Mm-hmm. And, and exactly what you said is exactly what I was dealing with. Was like, I don't know how. Excuse me, I keep. I drank your Gene, your Gene Simmons cola. And this soda, by the way, I want to say this guy. Gene, it's delicious. It's actually it a really good cola. Yeah. Well, this guy, this band, Manhattan Murder Mystery. I get a box at the Besho PO box. I wait online at the post office because there's a card like article too large for a box. So I wait 20 minutes online. Get this box. This guy sends me a CD, and he sends that thing of the soda. Um, Gene Simmons branded. It was cola. wrapped. It was wrapped in so much bubble tape, yeah. and had so many packing peanuts. It took me a half hour to do the thing. I was so 
mad at the guy. And then I'm just like, boy, this CD, this dude better this be better be a great record or this one's going right in the trash because I just had to spend so much time picking up packing peanuts and then I listened to it and I was almost mad that it was good. I was just like, oh, this guy knew if he sent me the stupid soda, the Gene Simmons soda, which is his cola now, Gene, thankfully. The question we've all waited for the answer to when will gene simmons throw his hat in the soft drink uh biz has been answered you're drinking it you like it it's good it's better than i thought it was going to be mm-hmm. it's uh cane sugar instead of corn syrup okay which is good yeah it's like the first qualifier it's yeah. good but it tastes maybe a little too much like a diet soda for me okay if it's not a diet soda one night i did a show with you yeah it was so fun and i was so where you were just like we're gonna drink soda yeah. All night at the Creek and Creek in the Cave. Long Island City. And we're there and you're just breaking out all these sodas and I'm yeah. drinking and then I was like vibrating afterwards. Yeah. I was just like like and I needed the food of me I was like, I need to cut this soda. I feel like I am I just feel like I'm made of sugar right now. Um so just a couple guys chugging sugar and caffeine fun. and telling it like it is. It was a fun night. Yeah. So, so the show, yeah, you're putting yourself out there, yeah. Like, like we were saying, the buck stops with you. Ultimately, is no matter how hard people are, people were working insanely hard to try to keep this thing going. But you, like Jimmy Fallon is not like putting out fires that you were having that you, you're having to put out. I would imagine he's. I would imagine he's not front and center for as many of them as I yeah. was. And, yeah. Uh, like you were saying too, that to be in that environment where it's like, all right, we might get switched to a half an hour. Okay, well, yeah. I just got these notes calls. We were we just got notes for a couple hours, and now I got to walk out there, put all that aside, and try to be funny on live TV. Yeah, that, try to be that carefree. Tall order, tall order, and not oh, not something I was always successful about, which I feel bad at. And you know, you mentioned JD, who you know was like the rock. Oh yeah, of my show, and yeah. for so long when I would start to lose it, I could just lean on him. And then there were stretches as we got to cable and became more serious where he would lose it and he'd lean on me. And we always had that game of ping pong. Mm -hmm. And this last chunk of episodes was the first Uh time ever where Uh there were Uh days where we were both going insane at the same time. And that's – yeah, that was – it was always built for – Then it was a ship without a captain. Yeah. One of us can lose it at a time. Yeah. Um, well, if any of your listeners are interested in retroactive looks at canceled TV shows, this is their dream episode, Tom. Well, this is uh, – look, your show meant a lot to a lot of people, the Chris yeah, Gethard me show. Too. Me too. It meant a lot to me. Nothing was – as I was so excited when when that True TV run started and that show was going out for – and you had you had more tools at your – at your, at, you know, at, you know, in the toolbox, and you're doing different things, and you got, uh, you're getting to send like Connor Ratliff all over the yeah. place and get him doing stuff. Rent and helicopters, we rented yeah. helicopters. You were cracking the whole thing open. Felt good. It was so exciting, and then it just kind of like it was new territory for for that network. Also, yeah. they they yeah. this is it's not like they've done live things before, like you said, or. Even hour long things is new for them, and yeah. So, so it was like a it was like a weird experiment. Yeah, 
and it's, and it's also tough too because you you know I'm very very good friends with Sal. Mm-hmm. I, I the first time yeah, Sal was here, brought I brought Sal, Sal. From, from Impractical Jokers, Sal Volcano. You yeah. brought him in. All four of those dudes, I think, are so nice, so mm-hmm. cool. Every time I see them and get along with them, and I would say the large majority of their fans are so nice. But there is a very vocal contingent that just came after us, uh-huh. and uh, it was clear of like, oh, there is such a cult and such a cultish devotion to them. Mm-hmm. There are people that are mad, just that I'm not. That my show is – I'm like, we follow – there's times where we literally follow eight episodes of Jokers yeah. in a row, yeah. then a Jokers after show, then my yeah. show. Yeah. And they're tweeting at me. They're furious. Get your – and cursing. Get your show off the, off yeah. the air. We want more Jokers. Yeah. One guy sent me a message on Facebook that said, uh, you are ugly. You're ruining true TV. More Jokers. <laughs> and I wrote back to him and I was like – well, first I looked at his profile picture and he's uh-huh. holding a baby. Yeah. And I clicked on his profile, uh-huh. and it was his son, ugly, infant son. Ugly baby. No, cute baby. All right. And I was just like, dude. I was going to say, you, that would be the first play you make, just like. Yeah, trying to insult yeah, the child. about ugly. You got to look at that kid, bro. Ouch. Yeah. I went the opposite route. I was just like, dude, listen, it's just TV. You don't yeah. have to watch it. Yeah. Also. If that's your kid, I'm just like, I'm not judging you at all. Do what you got to do, but I don't know if this is the best example to set. And then he wrote back, and he's like, yeah, man, I tell you, had my kid when I was 23, and life is really hard, and sometimes I just stress it out. Sorry, I took it out on you. Yeah. I'm like, all right, man, this life is weird. I think I maybe need to scale back and go live in the woods. (laughs) Everybody's running a little hot. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this. I love Impractical Jokers as much as anybody. It's great. I'll say, uh, if you're watching True TV, they throw a different show on every once in a while. The, they, the network's not called Impractical Jokers Network. It's, it's, it's You're getting, you have to realize, you're getting so much more of the thing you like than any other network does for anything, for anybody else, like... It's not like you go and you like it's like oh I'm a huge fan of Bob's Burgers like well great news because Fox is gonna run twelve episodes of Bob's Burgers all day long yeah it's like no they don't do that no, I, I'm on there trying to get human hair dumped on me for one measly hour a week and everybody's all pissed off yeah. when <laughs> yeah and you're and you're taking a beating and you're like. What was the what was the most frustrating part when you look back at the whole thing where you're just like, honestly, I am flesh and blood. Why am I putting myself through this? Is there a moment where you like that questioning of faith almost on TV or in the whole run? Yeah, either either one. Just that where the where the thing hurt, and you were like. This is actually hurting me as a human being. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would say towards the end, like, because you know me, even in the time you and I have been friends, mm-hmm. I have changed a lot. I've sure. calmed down a lot. Yeah. I've gotten married. My life has stabilized. Mm-hmm. Things yeah. have worked out. So there's, just in general, there was a part of me that was like, ah, how do I break this routine of getting like thrown into pits full of stuff or have, <laughs> getting knocked over? Like, yeah. It's not necessarily the ideas I would have now. Um, so that was becoming a general thing too that made me feel like I needed to move on. But I would say overall, in the nine years of the show, we once did a live show at South by Southwest, 
and uh, I had this idea where I was going to be the human Sunday, where I would go sit in a baby pool with no clothes on. And I'd have ice cream dumped all over myself, uh-huh. and then people from the crowd could add yeah. toppings. We'd have all these sure. game mechanics yeah. where people could add toppings. Yeah. And then the end of the show, we'd hand out plastic spoons to everyone in the audience, and they could come and eat from the, from the sure. human Sunday yeah, yeah. and, and meet uh-huh. me and talk to me that way. And we did no research into how this would work. And we just went out and bought like you know, like those big gallon containers of cheapo ice cream from the oh, supermarket. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like human body – 98 what is it 98.6 degrees yeah 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 uh-huh. like they put the ice cream on me 98 degrees melt the ice cream yeah turns out it works yeah. the other way the yeah. ice cream freezes, freezes your body yeah. and i sat in a tub of ice cream for close to 90 minutes <laughs> and dude i'm not kidding i had i had second degree burns from the cold my elbow was covered in blisters oh. my you could see that my thighs and stomach had like raised puffy pink skin oh. and all, I was sitting naked. So I was covering my, yeah. my junk Yeah, and thank God. Cause there's just like rings of like, of, of this exposed burned skin yeah. all around. Yeah. I had to go sit in a tub of warm water for hours and, uh, it was <laughs> brutally dangerous looking back on it. I'm like, it's so, so dumb, but fans of the show, here's a great trivia fact. So fans of the show might remember my, the guy who wound up being my assistant, Justin, mm-hmm. very, very, very funny kid yeah, named Justin funny. Linville, who is going to be huge. He told me um, only a couple months ago that he was at that show when he was 15, and wow. both he and his mom ate oh. from the Human Sunday. Oh, my God. There's a weird trivia fact. So that – the idea, he walked up with a spoon, mm-hmm. him and his mother. Yeah. And he said – Someday, I will have that guy's yeah credit card. Yeah. <laughs> Someday, I will help that stressed out ball of nerves function on a day-to-day basis. I want to work with that guy. Yeah. The guy who almost died in a kiddie pool full of ice cream. It was really such – and it wasn't even that funny. It was one of those ideas where it's like this was a 25-minute idea and we made it last 80 minutes. Uh-huh. And – and tons of people came. The, our house band, uh, most of them couldn't be there. I don't think any of them were there, actually. And the Front Bottoms, who had just played our show, mm-hmm. we really clicked. And they, they were our house band. And their fans are very passionate. So all these Front Bottoms fans, too, that didn't even care about our show or know like about you're it. in the way. Yeah, where I'm, like, freezing. <laughs> I'm, like, freezing and being burned. And they're just mad because it's not a Front Bottoms yeah. concert. Mike, this is what I want you to do next week. Bring a kiddie pool in. Okay, Mike? If you want me to mention your calendar on the air anymore, this is what I want you to do. It's called a 50, it's a 50-50. One side is going to be the ice cream like Chris had. The other side, hot soup. Ooh. Right? And we're not even anywhere. Nobody can even see it. Chris was, look, it's bad enough Chris did this and it wasn't on TV. We're going to do it on the radio. No, I could, we could be pretending it happened, but we got to really do it. You do that, I'll mention your calendar. I'll mention apmike.bandcamp.com and the calendar's going out. You want to – also, I, I, Mike finally brought the calendar in. So – he makes this big production. I got the calendar. I got the – here's the calendar. Naturally, 
I'll say this also. This guy can bring a calendar when I'm here. Chris is coming. Oh, here comes Chris. A guest comes in. A guest comes in, and this guy finally hups too. Sal, Volca- Sal Volcano comes in. Mike, what size shirt do you want? He's got the shirts. He's got the whole thing laid out as if as if the, it's a gift basket at the an award show. Mike knows Chris is coming on. Now, finally, one of these calendars makes its way to the studio. Chris, I want you in the calendar. And then I finally get a chance to look at this thing. In the back, there's like a list of, that you could write in like phone, like emergency phone numbers on this thing. Mike, how much would it be to get you to write your phone number in one of the count? If somebody wanted to buy like a gold circle calendar. Yeah. 150? 150 bucks? 30? Why do you guys always cut? I was trying to get Mike to do those videos. You know, every one of these like fourth tier people. Not, yeah, and there there comes this. That's the other shoe dropping. Dudio immediately slashes Mike's already low price. You know those videos they have where you go and you get like Bam Margera's just yes. like, yes. hey, just want to say, uh, Tina, uh, ha- happy graduation, Tina. Like, right. And you're paying him like 60 bucks or whatever. Yeah. I was like, Mike, let's do for 30. Mike's like, I'll do 15. And Duty was like, I'll do 10. Like they, like they immediately. don't know how negotiations no. work. They started slashing the prices like they're already going out of business before the business opened. Now, I'm sure you've talked about this. Did I not see one of Mike's shirts on that, uh, Magic for Human show? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. With that. Which Mike I like gets that a, show. These dumb ma- masses shirts. This guy's not even at that bar anymore. He's he's selling these masses shirts. I watch him Practical Jokers. You got Sal wearing the the masses shirt. There's a magic show. There's a people. Hey, look at Mike's wearing the Mike's shirts on the mat. It's like I got no traction, man. The only thing I get is people are like, "Dude, look the thing where Elon Musk is smoking pot. It looks like Tom." That's the best thing I've had happen all year. It's a, that's the best thing. That's the, that's, that's the most successful thing that's happened to me all year. His people going, whoa, I didn't know Tom liked bong rips. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> that is my crowning achievement for this year is Elon Musk gagging on a bong hit or whatever he was doing. I didn't watch it. And he's. That it made him look like me somehow, and then people write, oh, look at Tom. Oh, right? You're getting the sticky icky there, Tom. Go, like. But Mike gets his shirt everywhere. So let me just say this. We got Chris Gethard here. Chris, the TV show, you did it. You did it, though. That's the great thing. It's kaput. Think of how many people. There is a legacy aspect to it. Think of how many people came through. That show, who have gone on now, and th- that was the point. That was the place where they could get started. Yeah, I'm, you, that's the thing. That's the thing that I think I'm most fiercely proud of mm-hmm. professionally. Uh, you know, the community that surrounded it, the fact that all these kids out there are friends now. That's the mm-hmm. best part. But I think on a professional level, like there's all these people who are going on to bigger things, and you look at their resumes, and they. Uh, they they were on my public access show. I mean, or they were in my. I gave them their first writing mm-hmm. job. I know who the good people are. Yeah, I mean, you I think like about that. You got 
Who do you got was on this thing? You got Joe Firestone mm-hmm. was there. Julio Torres, Anna yeah. Fabrega. Yes. First guy to put uh, Connor O'Malley on TV. Yeah, well, that was actually that we might need to uh, <laughs> we might need to uh, reprimand you for that. <laughs> unleashing for that, him on yeah, the for world. unleashing that lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> you actually gave him a platform. The first time I saw him, and I'm not going to say what he was chanting. He was chanting the worst thing I've ever heard anyone <laughs> on my show on your show. Yeah, it started with dead bodies. Was the first thing, <laughs> and he's chanting. And I was just like, and he was doing his great character. You don't even want to say the name. I don't want to I say can it. Tell. I can tell. But I was just like, what is this dude's deal? Like, this guy is either the most brilliant guy going, or this guy doesn't know, have any control over what he's doing. And I still think it's both, though. Yeah. He put this video out last week, Connor O'Malley. Of him doing a talk show in a river. <laughs> and it was, it was so, it was, it was the greatest thing. It was just like, he's in a, he's literally in a river with a, with his GoPro or whatever he's holding out is on a selfie stick, filming himself, just taking mouthfuls of, of gross water. I couldn't tell what river it was. <laughs> that was one know. of my big questions. But he's in a suit. In a river. Yeah. So you gave that guy a platform. Yeah. Patty Harrison, the first time I saw her, was on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so many good people. Yeah, we've had a bunch of good people. Great. You know, you really, you, so. Gary Richardson. Whatever it was, and if was is the operative word, then was is what it was. But it did, you did good with it, Chris. Thanks. You did you were, a good uh, thing with it. You're always a supporter, and it always meant a lot to me. But now, look, you throw some dirt on this thing, and now we don't talk about that. And now we talk about Lose Well, which is this guy, again, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll say when this. When did I? Come on. Come I on. Saw, this is what I'll say. I did a, we put a benefit show together for uh, the hurricane back. It was me and Ted Leo did this benefit show and you were one of the performers at it and you came on and I never saw anything. You, you were up, I think Titus Andronicus played and then you went up, right? Was that what it was? Following Titus yeah. in t- uh, 2012? Yeah. Yeah. But then you went Tall up and order. you were just like, well, that, but you did it the greatest thing. You were just like, well, this is going to be the, you're like, oh, this is going to be the worst. I follow these guys. And then everybody's rooting for you then, because nobody wanted to. Everybody's on your side. Yeah. And I was like, this guy, he's got this thing. He's crazy. He's uh, losing like a fox, this guy. (laughs) He's not eating it. I didn't realize that for the past six years you've thought I was such a big faker. (laughs) Not a faker. You just knew how to be honest about how you actually felt. Yeah. And people... You lower your guard, and they respond. I think I think people could see that I was uh, just trying to keep yes. my head above water back then. You're being you were being yeah. completely real in the moment. Try to but be it honest. Was, it was that honesty that got people to be like they were on your side. Yeah, they and were then for me. but then you kill them. You do your thing. You tell a great story, and they're ro- rolling in the aisles. Had a lot of fun. Yes, but it's just it, it's a it's a it's a it's a very 
important thing to see. That's what honesty, that's the power of honesty. Yeah. Is that you said it, you were honest about it, you let people know how you were actually feeling, and then they were, then you had them cheering you on. Uh, maybe even a little more, they were, maybe they were just giving you more of a chance if they didn't know who you were necessarily at that thing. And then everybody leaves and is like, oh, that guy was fantastic. It's like, yeah, that's why he was on the show. What do you think? What do you think we drew his name out of a a fishbowl? I mean, you did put me up in the death spot, but. Yeah, look, but you won won the death spot. Well, if I'm anything, I'm a master manipulator of human emotion. (laughs) See, that's the scariest part. If it did turn out this is like some giant usual suspect thing where you're just like, I guess I better go do the sad guy routine. Like you're like, (laughs) like, and you start walking a little differently. Like when he walked away at the end, can you ever watch it? Nobody could watch that movie again. Kevin Spacey walking around, right? Wouldn't they replace him? And I don't want to ever, I was watching that baby driver was on. I'm just like, boy, they missed the, they, this is a Kevin Spacey movie. Yeah. They got a, I gotta hide that dude in that thing from now. You can't watch it and not think of this. Uh, this creep should be launched into space. That's I all s- I can think. I saw it before that stuff, and I gotta say, I was very confused by that movie. It was like a soundtrack with a movie, not a movie with a soundtrack. Yeah, well, you know, it's tough, but I like it. Was cool. Yeah, look, it's something to look Sorry. at. Sorry, Sorry to get so negative. It's ironic that his name is Edgar Wright because that's the one thing he's not very good at. Write. He can't write. Oh, wow. Um, well. You guys may hire me for one of your uh, David Spade type uh, showbiz <laughs> chit chat things. I'll punch up your your mean script. So, um, but look, so this guy he says I'm going to start telling my stories of being a New Jersey sad sack, and he turns it into one of my favorite books, which is called A Bad Idea. I know I'm going to get it wrong. It's okay. A bad idea. You only co-wrote a script based on it. That so I'm should... about to do. Yeah, nailed it. There it is. Get yes. that. And it's a great book. But now he's back. He's back. He's book. Look out, bookstores. He's back. In October, you got a second book coming out. October 16th. Technically the third book, if you count Weird New York. Tom oh, that's Sharp. right. Yes, because you were a uh, prime mover over at Weird New Jersey. Yeah, back in the day. But yeah, October 16th, Lose Well. You can pre-order it right now at chrisgeth.com. It would be much appreciated if you did. And this book is what now? This book is a very funny book. It's got a lot of anecdotes. If you like the last book, I think you'll uh, enjoy it because there are just a whole bunch of funny stories. But then on top of that... I put a layer of, you know, just um, just sort of a thing that's a little bit more like philosophical or advice driven just about, you know, if uh, if you're someone who has some ambitions to maybe be creative or change things up or you got some goal that you want to pursue and you've always been a little too self-conscious to go after it, like here's some stuff that's not guruism, it's not Dr. Phil, it's not – it's just like nuts and bolts like mm-hmm. I've – I've been doing it for 18 years. I walked a pretty circuitous path. I learned a lot along the way. I think because I walked a circuitous path, younger artists tend to ask me pretty often for advice. And it's just me going, here's everything, just trial and error that I've learned and that I believe mm-hmm. about how to just bang your head against the wall and make stuff happen for yourself. Sure. And um, a lot of stories 
of uh, of the public access days in there, and of different scumbags that I've met in my time in the entertainment uh-huh. industry. Uh-huh. And uh, it's funny, you you actually I don't know if you remember that you told me a few years ago. You said I really think you should write a book about um, like what it was like to be on Big Lake and uh-huh. then switch over to public access, and it's just such a weird thing. You actually told me. I think that would be something people would want to read, and I said I think it would be self-indulgent. You were like, I don't, I think you could pull it off, and it's all in there. Great, it's all in there. Some career stuff, some anecdotes stuff, some funny stuff, and some uh, some philosophy stuff. Because you were on a show, which look, you've talked about this, and people should people should get the book. I'm not gonna, I'm just trying to. I'm also gonna say this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Buy this guy's book, huh? It would be Fine. appreciated. The uh, publishing company is not thrilled with the pre-sales, <laughs> so if you if you're planning on checking it out, now is the time. Maybe uh, yeah. If you're spending the cash, I'm not gonna. I don't want to shill too hard and convince people to buy it. Yeah. But if you're sitting there going, I like Gethard. He's been on the best show a bunch of times. I want to support him. Maybe don't wait for it to hit bookstores because they're saying I'm coming up way short <laughs> in the pre-sales, and it would take a real uh, yeah. monkey off my back yeah. if you. Look, get this guy's book. <laughs> Before it's the book that when you go to the bookstore, it's on that little wheelie cart out in front oh. where they're just kind of oh, like, "Oh no, yeah, people can steal this stuff. We'll we'll oh, take our no. chances." Why are you putting that? I'm in saying, my head? don't. That's not. We're not going to let that happen. Oh god. Oh, you know, and you god. go to the wheelie cart, you're like, "Oh wow, look at that. There's 800 copies of this Rain Wilson book." Yeah. Boy, I'm I'm up against that Bob Woodward book that exposes the president. I need, yeah. I need help. I need help. Please help. Well. It's all. Ab- I can't look. I can't wait to read this thing. Lose well. It's all about the core philosophy. Tone is that failure is not something to avoid. It's something to dive headfirst into. And I wonder if you would agree with this. Okay. There are a lot of people who I've seen who are very, very talented, mm-hmm. who who uh, wash out. Sure, can't, their ego gets in the way and they can't handle rejection. Mm-hmm. And I've seen tons of people who are marginally talented at best but who are very, very good at just slamming their head into a wall and not quitting. And yeah. they make it more often than the other type, I would I would argue. I think all you can do when it comes down to it is just stay – you just got to stay on your feet. That's all you can do. Yeah. It's just like you can't – because if you quit, if I said this, look, everybody, oh, I love the best show. So, first of all, I'm sorry I'm doing that impression of fans on my show. <laughs> I apologize. I was talking, it's funny because I was talking, I was talking to my wife, uh, Terry, about this, and we were talking about how, like, when you do, when you recount a story and you're just like, so then I'm at the thing, and then the guy, uh, or even if you talk about, like, a relative, you're like, then my uncle says, no, I want to do this. Like, you're like, well, that's his, like, very flattering voice you're doing there for uh, a relative. Like, you're like, I, wanted to, I didn't think I could go to this. Like, so, I apologize for doing that voice. You all have beautiful voices. If I said, I'm out, I quit, I'm done, there'd be like three weeks where people would be like, no, please don't leave. But if I'm like, no, no, guy, everybody, I'm out. And then if I left, then there'd be like one more week where it's just like, oh, the show's gone. And a week after, like, eh, everybody moves on. Yeah. Nobody cares if you quit. They shouldn't. Yeah. What are you going to if, – if you, if you want to leave, leave. Yeah. It's, it's the easiest thing in the world 
to just not do the thing because these things are it's very it's hard doing this look i know it's not digging ditches or whatever and stuff like that but look i worked so many retail jobs and i i know where the line is with that stuff and i you know who knows where i end up if i end up back doing that stuff that's fine that's what i came from it's it's that's what i grew up with that it's it's my it's my it would be on my shield my crest would be me um and a and a, some sort of uh cash register uh-huh. behind a counter would be on my family crest would be me with a cash register me wiping a counter down <laughs> um and then me doing this show so it's just like it's like it's fun you end up where you end up. There's no judgment on it. But this line of work is uniquely frustrating and belittling. Yeah, and your ego will be bruised yes. over and over and over again, and you have to just coexist with that. And never – a lot of people think they're going to accomplish something that will solve that, where you're going to mm-hmm. like conquer those demons. And it's like, no, those demons just live in you, yeah. so get used to them. So if you're in, you're in. Yep. If you want to go, go. That's fine too. And if that's one of the major things I say in my book is that if you you can quit and you probably should, and if you'll be okay with that, yeah. that's great. Well, there's also a thing like if you're even asking yourself, should I quit? You probably, probably. should quit. I don't know where else to go. Yeah, I got no nothing else going on. I'm just maybe too dumb. To know where uh, where I where else to go at this point? Yeah, but I, I it's another thing I talk about in the book is if you're sitting there going, should I quit? Should I not quit? You already have. You can't. Yeah. You're not going to make That's anything fair. good if you're giving yourself this exit strategy. Yeah, because you... funny. A lot of the stuff you're saying is stuff that I have in there. Like I talk about the same thing with like as you're talking about with digging ditches. I'm like, you gotta. Especially if you're some – like I didn't grow up with any artists in my family. I can't think of one. I can't think of one person I saw growing up in my family, in my neighborhood mm-hmm. who who did it. And it, was, I, I, it made me feel like a freak, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think back a lot to like, well, the people I did grow up around worked so much harder than a lot of the people I see now on a day-to-day basis. Uh-huh. And they didn't feel like they deserved anything. Uh-huh. And th- those are the values you need to take with you. and. I have a whole chapter in there about how my father, uh, my father, when I was in college, over one uh, break, he forced me to work. He he was working at Pfizer Pharmaceuticals at the oh, time. This is a great, yeah. This and he forced me to work on the yeah. factory floor. Uh, and I, 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 from the adult perspective, I'm like, oh, I think he wanted me to just see what mm-hmm. real work was like. I wound up getting my hand caught in yeah. a piece of industrial machinery yeah. when I was working on what everyone there called yeah. the women's line. And then it had to be. A thing where your father heard over and over again that yeah. I had – well, I was the – work. I think I was, I was the first work stoppage injury on the women's line I think in close to four decades. I was, my whole job was to hold a green stick and visine bottles would come down a conveyor belt. Have I ever told you this? Oh, I forgot. Yes. And it was I love this story. It. Yeah. And I fell asleep standing up one, one day while working. 
and the machine was backed up. I woke up to all these people screaming at me, and my whole job was to just take a stick and clear the visine bottles from the machinery. And I woke up, looked at it, held the stick in my right hand, and just foolishly just reached in with my left hand and just heard like – just heard one of those noises. you yeah. know, just like And that's your hand. Yeah, and like the pain was just quick and intense and then gone where yeah. I'm like, oh, my body is already going into yeah. shock, so yeah. I don't have to feel yeah. it. And I looked down, and it was just – Still have a scar right there. Yeah, that is. And my dad for years was like, yeah, "Kid got, kid got cut up on the women's line, huh?" Yeah. But I think yeah. my dad made me do that, so he's like, "That's what, that's what real hard work is, artist." Yeah. That if you want to go be an actor, that is. Remember these people. Remember that this. Is so this funny. is. You better work as hard as they do, or don't bother. <laughs> so that's in the book. Yeah. The, oh, best show fans also like. There's a chapter about uh, the Gregulator. Oh, this. Well, first of all, let me say this. When I went to your wedding, which was a great, a great time. Thanks and so much. You sh- I've mentioned it before on the show. You and Terry T shut down the dance floor. Well, that was sweet of you to say. Mike, you should have seen me out there. It was like uh, I was like a regular John Revolta. Revolta. Um, you... I finally got a chance to meet your parents. Yeah. And I go and meet your dad. <laughs> and what's your dad's first name again? Ken. Ken. I'm like, it's like, hey, this is like, hey, it's great to meet you. Congratulations. You know, you're friends with both of your sons. And, and then um, then I said, I just have to say I'm the guy that does the radio show. And then your father's just like, oh. And it was almost as like, oh, that's the, you're the guy who does the show that my, my, uh, my, my oldest boy, Greg, uh, <laughs> like. Puts his neck in a yeah, guillotine. Yeah. Like, oh, you're the guy who, basis, you're the guy then. who gives him a platform every My mom week. came up, did I ever tell you, my mom came up to me separately from that. Uh-huh. My mom came up to me and said, yeah. is that Tom from the radio? Uh-huh. Okay. And I said, yeah. And she went, okay, okay. And I could tell she was thinking something that she wasn't saying. But the look in your father's eyes when it was like all of it came flooding. It's like this. If it wasn't for this guy, my son Greg just wouldn't be doing these things. Yeah. He wouldn't. He would be, though. But he would. Less people would know about them. Yeah. But he'd be doing them. Yeah. The most troubling part of Greg is there was a point where he's like, I'm done with this whole Gregulator thing. And then just like, then he gets into the best show. And then he says, like, I'm going to do a thing. (laughs) Dark Gregulator. It's like, oh, great. So you're. You're finding the evil version (laughs) of an evil version of you. Well, now he's a financial guru. Well, which is hilarious. He's he's so funny. Your Greg is, is very he's funny. A wild man. Yeah, I write a chapter in the book about he uh, he intentionally he entered a comedy competition. Oh, this is the funniest in Philadelphia for the express purpose of ruining it. Yeah. He, fundamentally, just, he was like, man, I don't think that comedy should be a competition. We're all friends, and they mm-hmm. everybody gets all worked up trying to win and. I was like, you could just not enter, though. You could just like yeah. let people. It's gonna happen. Yeah. If it's, it's like, no, I'm gonna destroy yeah. it. If that's the game chapter. people want to play, yeah, I'll let them go play it. Let them do it. And is it is it great to make art a competition? Probably not. No, but but if if it's getting you up and you're in the mix and you're doing it and it's like if it works for you, 
Yeah. So be it. It, it might be my favorite chapter in the book. It is the people. I'm not going to say anything about it, but it is the funniest thing. I think the fun, knowing that in this book, you telling the story about getting your hand crushed is in there and your brother uh, <laughs> ruining this comedy night. It was a profound disaster. Yeah. And everything he planned to ruin it ruined it exponentially worse than he could have yes. imagined. Yeah. And then the random twists and turns that happened in the aftermath are just the cherry on top. Oh yeah, no, he he um it's it's the best. And it's called the book's Lose Well. Yeah. And it comes out we're a month away. October sixteenth. You can pre order it now at chrisgeth.com. I'm coming up real short in the pre orders, so uh, if you're out there and you're thinking about spending the bucks. Just really, what, what, what are you gonna do, you guys? What book are you gonna buy? Andy Kindler just tweeted, he said October sixteenth is his birthday. Look at that. So he's Happy pumped birthday, up. Andy Kindler. He's fired up about the book coming out. It um and he uh he just came back from a triumphant London uh, run. Oh, yeah. We were there at the same time. Yeah, because you were in London. Last week, yeah. What were you doing? You were doing stand-up? I did uh, three stand-up shows and then a live taping of Beautiful Anonymous, mm-hmm. where people show up and they just listen to me talk to someone on the phone, a disembodied voice mm-hmm. on the PA. It was fun. What would you think about a shower curtain on stage? And have with some, a microphone behind it, some sort of booth where yeah. a person can. People yeah. have suggested and can this. leave. They don't even. They can just duck off into the wings of the theater. They, just they, get out they of never. There. They don't have to walk back behind it, back to their seat. They can just go back stage. And you give them, throw them, you give them a motorcycle helmet or something, Ooh. right? Yeah, have them hide out. You throw, you put your helmet on. You walk. You walk around with the helmet. Nobody knows who you are. I like, feel like this is going to make you want to kill me, but it sounds like too that? much work. Oh, yeah. I'd rather just tweet out the phone number, see what happens. Look, I'll say this. How much does that really get your goat? Not at all. No, I want you to succeed. It's the lowest effort. I want you to succeed. Chris, you're not You're not on the other – look, I want – once I realized <laughs> – once I realized you were going up and I was going so down. Oh, once I Once I wrapped my head oh, around that. Stop. Once I made my peace with that <laughs> – I want you to keep going up and up and up. Oh, I and think. where you're, you, like, you, I hear it's like, oh, Chris is, Judd Apatow is doing Chris's special. Then I, meanwhile, I'm like wondering if I need to help Avalanche Bob buy, uh, new sneakers or something. Like, I'm just like, does this guy have a hot meal tonight? Like, when I realize these are the characters in, in the, and you're you're just like, well, I got a book coming out, and it's going great. And I'm just like, well, if I don't plug Mike's calendar, like you're just – who published your book? Harper. Harper. Harper, Harper. One. Yeah, Harper. And you're say, like the – there's people at Harper saying, hey, let's go. Let's, uh, let's goose the sales on this thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like dealing with Mike. He's like, I got so many boxes in this calendar. <laughs> You gotta help me sell this thing. <laughs> four months? Yeah, he's got four months. <laughs> four months. Otherwise, Mike's gonna have uh, Mike's gonna need uh, Mike's gonna have a very uh, 
very rickety coffee table in the center of his place. Like, what are you going to do with these? You're going to sell them, Mike. People are already buying them. And it's, it's, it's September. This guy's, this guy's selling a pile of calendars a day in September. Are those 2018s or 2019? 2019. Well, like if it was 2018, that would be. That would be the funniest thing I ever saw. (laughs) He's blasting them out so you can quick hang it up with with a month and a half to go. I flipped through the calendar. Yeah? A lot of it's really interesting. Some of it's a little disturbing, though, Tom. And it'll be there on your wall for a month. Some of those uh, those are like a glimpse into the mind of a madman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, are you new to the whole Mike thing? No, I've met him so many times. Oh, I know. It's just like... But it's a particularly distilled down version of it. Because you're, because what, because yes, that's a fair point. Because you are going to be staring at it for a month. Just picture March rolls around. You flip the thing. There's some <laughs> some nightmare on a page <laughs> that you now have to look at every day. That reveals the psychology. Of AP Mike, yeah. and that he gave a thumbs up to and yeah. said, "This represents me. I'll yeah. put my name, yeah. Mike, on my brand on this." Yes, that's it. Is his brand? How'd you like your uh, your guy on the Emmys, huh, Mike? Because George R R Martin, the mm-hmm. that guy won. That guy like Game of Thrones won an Emmy. So this guy, he's from Bayonne, George yeah. R R Martin, yeah. but he ran. He got out of Bayonne so fast. He got out faster. You'd think he got. You'd think he was on a dragon as fast as he got out, right? And then people have said that Game of Thrones is about Bayonne. I've heard that rumor, right? Yeah. And Staten Island. So he wrote. Is there? Well, answer me this, Mike. Is in Game of Thrones? Is there a bridge that's closed for fourteen hours every day? Like there is. I'm driving in New Jersey. Bayonne Bridge closed from 12 p.m. till till 2 a.m. What? What are you? What are they doing with this bridge? It's been it's been that way for eight years. This bridge. Is there a bridge that in Game of Thrones that's closed? Next season, the Mike's got a lot of aggression in his voice right now. Oh, he's this calendar's bringing out a bad side of him. Because he, he's now he's going to just be like mad because Harper isn't because you're on Harper and he had to he had to self publish his calendar. I don't want to get in a competition between my book and AP Mike's calendar. Well, they're two different. Mike, what would you think about this? An audio book for the calendar, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but why don't you just go for it? Just an audio book. <laughs> yeah, four minutes. And just still charge what everybody else charges, twenty nine ninety five. And then they just buy it. They're like, "Oh, it's a Mike has a book out." No, it's his calendar. Honey, he just read twelve captions. I now, also, there's also an audio book version. Of you're doing an audio book. Yeah, and I did. I'm I'm interviewing all these people who are mentioned in the book, including your brother. Is my your brother. Bro- I interview my brother wow. about the the Philadelphia comedy competition oh disaster. God. I interview my favorite one was uh no they were all good but one of my favorites was uh this kid Danny Tobia I went to school with uh-huh. he's like the coolest kid and in eighth grade in the musical he was playing Conrad Birdie and Bye Bye Birdie sure 
And then he quit the show. Uh-huh. And in a last minute Hail Mary pass, they installed <laughs> me as Conrad Birdie. So this is a pattern for you. You're just sliding backwards. Well, we're just plugging. You, you're other the, people quit. You're the guy. Yes. Other people get bounced. Yes. Or D- bounce. Mm-hmm. And they plug uh, Chris Gethard in. Last second. I'm the last second replacement. So you did people. You did Bye Bye Birdie. I was Conrad Birdie in eighth grade, which was not a good fit. If you don't know the show, he's oh, effectively please. Elvis. He is Elvis. You have to tell me about Bye Bye. You did. You've got to be, be sincere. sincere the greatest that was you that was me a a teenage chris gethard i think 12 or 13 and the crowd it was the i i i've write about in the show but in the book but uh the curtain opened Mm -hmm. and a crowd full of it was mostly kids parents Mm -hmm. started like laughing at me and it was like the best feeling of my life i was like i get why this is funny i'm not supposed to be here in this gold outfit pretending to be elvis all these girls scream and faint at the sight of me. I'm like four and a half. I'm like four foot four, and I have a bowl haircut. And these girls are passing out at the sight of me. I'm wearing a gold outfit with a scarf and John Lennon sunglasses. I'm four feet tall. I have a bowl haircut. But that's when you got the 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 bug. It to is to be on stage. It is all because Danny Tobia quit. You were hooked. But I interviewed Tobia. Because of Tobia. Yeah, Tobia's the best. Good dude to this day. Yeah. Good dude. Cards uh, cards lay down a couple different ways. Yeah. Tobia's sitting where you're sitting oh, right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. But he's doing great. Right? He's a real good guy. Talking about the, uh, the, the Chris Tobia show. The end of the Chris Tobia show. I mean, I don't think he would have gone with Danny. That's his oh, name. Danny. The Danny Tobias show. first name to my first name. Well, sorry. You're right. No, that's okay. It's Danny Tobias. He's got tangled. We got tangled up in that sure. one together. So you, what part now, the, the, the common thing between you and I that runs through so much of this stuff yeah. is the state of New Jersey. Indeed. What do you think is the mindset of a New Jersey resident that bring, that makes them a certain kind of person? Because it's like, look. Pat's from New Jersey, right, Pat? He's from New Jersey his whole life. Mike's from New Jersey. Jason's from West Virginia, so he's got a different worldview. You know, they would be excited when they were getting into the... They would take the the tractor to to the pitcher show, right? And you'd be... He was shocked. He told me once he was shocked that they had... He didn't understand popcorn was corn because he just knew the crops and everything. And he, and then he was amazed that candy came in like packaging at that point, that it wasn't just loose barrel candy at the general store. Um, so he doesn't get it, but the New Jersey thing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What it, what is it? Is it is it in, is it a, is it a, are you are we hard hardwired with an inferiority complex? Is that what it is? I mean, I think everyone everyone makes fun of where we're from, mm-hmm. judges us for being from there. People have never been there. Yeah, here. people have only flown into Newark Airport and then driven to some place they view as better. Yeah, and Who, they, to be fair, view what is an industrial oh, wasteland. Oh, it's the worst. You think you think you're in Blade Runner all of a sudden. Yeah, you get out of the airport and there's just this. City, it's like this, it's like this 
factory city um, uh, down um, in Linden yeah. when you go like south of the <laughs> yes. when you go at night and the tops yeah. of all of it are on fire yeah when it's just yeah. burning flames coming out of the top of, of smokestack I find it oddly beautiful I do too yeah I always want to like run around in there yeah and then that's right near where uh, on election night 2016 driving home from doing this show I crashed into a deer on the turnpike <laughs> and that was I was I'm telling you <laughs> There's a hundred ways that thing could have gone, and every one of them has me getting seriously hurt or killed. I got somehow that deer did hit my car in just the right way that he, he did not go through the windshield. I still can't believe it. So I, I close my eyes and Thank I see God it. For that. Although there would have been some capper, man. I tell you, 2016 election, Tom. I'm out, <laughs> right? That would I would have beaten David Bowie because David Bowie's like, oh, he put the video out of him, and then two days later he's dead. Yeah, mine. Yeah, the election goes down. I I, I left within thirty minutes. I'm out. But no, but that stretch of highway there is an insane, overdeveloped. It seems like multiple factories. Yeah. That that at night are just lit up. And uh, but that's what people think New Jersey is. They think yeah. it's that. Yeah, and it kind of is, but it's also not. But do you think the making fun of like you remember that as a kid you'd see on like a TV show like New Jersey yeah. was a punchline. Always, always. Plus, I mean, like my uh, my house that I grew up in. If you went out the front door, made a right, and walked maybe forty yards up a hill and turned around, you could see the New York City skyline. Mm-hmm. It is like you're like it's. Right there. The yes. cool place is right there. And I am right here. Yeah. And it feels so far away. So far away when you're young. But it's 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 like within Spit within distance. reach. Yeah. 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 And do you remember going in as a kid to New York? And being terrified. Being yeah. terrified. Mm-hmm. I remember uh when I was in fifth grade, they took us inexplicably to this day I don't understand why this uh-huh. was the choice for fifth graders. They took us to see cats. Which is a very bizarre musical. Yeah. One of the strangest. Uh-huh. And our music classes for like two months, they were teaching us all the songs from Cats. It was really weird. And I think it was the first time I'd been to New York City. And when they drove the school bus through Times Square, when when we came out of the tunnel, it, it drove mm-hmm. through Times Square. And this was probably in 1988. Mm-hmm. And it was the scariest thing I had ever seen. Yeah. It was so scary. I had a friend in high school. This was in the late 90s. Like, it wasn't that. Like, Giuliani cleaned it up. That happened pretty fast. But even right up until he did. I had a friend. My friend, uh, Mike, he, you know, we used to sneak into the city sometimes in school. Yeah. And he was in Port Authority and uh, waiting to get the last bus home. Mm-hmm. And he had to he had to use the bathroom. He had to do number two. Sure. So now he's in this position where he's like, it's the last bus. I snuck yeah. into town. I can't miss the last bus. I do not have time to leave Port Authority to find a real bathroom. I got to yeah. use the Port Authority bathroom because yes. I'm not going to make it. So he goes in. No one else is in there. He's like, thank God. So he yeah. goes into a stall. Yeah. All of a sudden, here's the door open. Here's all this screaming. Uh-huh. And he has uh-huh. to tell himself. He like finishes up, flushes the toilet, and he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. He tells himself, man, whatever. He's like, tells himself, whatever is going on out there, yeah. you just run as fast as you can. You do not stop. Yeah. And... uh when he came out, 
what he saw, according to him, was a homeless man removing his own teeth with a pair of pliers. He just kept running. And that was like New York. When we were kids, that was what I thought New York was. Those were the types of stories I was hearing from my older friends who would sneak in and get fake IDs and stuff. Yeah. No, it was... It was like uh, a scary place that yeah. seemed like anything could happen. Like when you're a kid, it's like this could happen like to me. Yeah. Like I don't like – and you feel like you're away from your parents now. <sighs> and then you got other kids trying to be cool and now you have to act like you're like rolling with it. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a scary thing. But you're so close to it as a kid in New Jersey. It's right there. So you would go in. I remember one time going in to see a show and we drove in. I was probably literally just 18 at that point. And then driving and parking at Port Authority, like like yeah. not knowing where to park. And going like, let's park here. Not realizing it's 70 blocks from <laughs> CBGB's or wherever I was going. Like... There's parking right here. Yeah. Let's park here. 44th Street. <laughs> and 11th Avenue. Yeah. 11th Avenue. And I'm, I'm just like, now I'm where am I to, going? I'm going to 3rd and A? Yeah. What's that mean? <laughs> it's like, um, and then parking, and then what they did is the parking lot, the parking garage was not 24 hours. Ooh. We like got back and they're just like, yeah, garage is closed till 6 a.m. But when you're when you're like a kid like that, you're just like, I have seven dollars on me. Like like I can pay for the parking, and then I know I have like, like between us we have like seven bucks past that. Yeah. And you're just like every cent is now like needs to. Yeah. And it's just like I guess you go to the get a bagel at the like with nothing on it and just get like a bagel and the smallest split it the smallest <laughs> drink you could humanly get and we're just like i guess we just gotta sit here for like five hours now yeah and just hope we make it like nothing happens so because we because you also just know everyone knows you're like just a, a suburban dunce oh, like yeah. everybody sees it on you yeah. it's like you're not gonna fool anybody Dude. And then we were hanging out, and then this guy came up and said, um, hey, you, your car's stuck in the thing, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I can, I can uh, for like, like five bucks, I'll get, I'll, uh, I'll help you get it out. Like, I'll show you how to get it out. And he's like, huh, wow, that would be a pretty sweet deal. And not realizing, it's like, oh, this guy's going to take us in a stairwell and rob us. Like, we're going to go wow, into, wow. like, not realizing, like, but it was like this close to being like, yeah, let's yeah. go. Yeah. It would have just been like, then the knife would have come out and then I would have just. Yeah. yeah. We used to, we used to uh, park in Harrison, take mm-hmm. the path train. Okay. Do yeah. the transfer at Journal Square. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, back in the 90s, when it was just, it was getting cleaned up. I'm not mm-hmm. going to pretend it was like 70s Bronx is burning in New York, yeah. but it was still, it had those elements. When you would take the train back, because the empath train would be 24 hours, so that's why we do it. Mm-hmm. You'd take that train. If it was like 2 in the morning, we just snuck in and seen some show. After you transferred at Journal Square and it was going to Harrison and Newark, mm-hmm. you never knew what was about to happen on that train. It was a real crapshoot. The insanity. We used, I remember one time I parked in Harrison mm-hmm. 
and there was a lot there. And I used to go and pay at this lot. And I went in one time, and there just wasn't a guy there. But there were all these cars parked. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just pay when I get back. Came uh-huh. back. The lot was closed. Uh-huh. Every car was towed. Oh. So I got to call them. Yeah. And Harrison's, I think, a nice enough town, but mm. I didn't know enough about it. And it, yeah, yeah. it certainly has some rough edges, like a lot of North Jersey towns. So I call them up. I'm like, hey, my car got towed. I don't know where to go. And they tell me, and it's like a mile and a half walk. Yeah. And they're like, uh, th- they say, you know, you got it's at this lot. You got to go cash only. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's me and my one other friend. And we're just these like suburban dweebs. Yeah. Like you said. And I'm like, so. I got to go get like 150 bucks in cash out of a cash machine right now. Yeah. And just walk this mile and a half path in the dark in Harrison where mm-hmm. if I was if I was a local thief, I would just wait here. I would just yeah. wait along this you dark know cars path. get towed. Yeah. So what we did was do you remember that drink back in the 90s? I think it was called Soba. It came in or a big yeah. bottle. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. glass mm-hmm. bottles back when Arizona iced tea was a uh, Yeah. All the rage of novelty drinks was a thing back then. Yeah. And just the, the quantity game was Yes. Was yeah the, was was everything because it would just be like this thing is ninety nine cents yeah. and it is thirty eight <laughs> ounces yeah. of iced tea. Yeah. The lowest grade exactly. iced tea. Arizona's also inexplicably still ninety nine cents. Do you know this? <laughs> yes. It's ninety nine cents to this day. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't obey economic yeah. laws of inflation. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah. But I think it was Soba. It had a bottle that had a neck mm-hmm. so you could hold it like a weapon. Mm-hmm. So we bought two of those, me and my friend, and didn't even take a sip. Just dumped them on the ground and just carried them like clubs. Uh-huh. Like you were ready to have a Soba fight. We, yeah, Soba fight. Yeah. He was listening to this right now. Probably he's Fred from Honolulu. Uh, I bet he is. This taking guy, notes. But he's just laughing because he thinks like... We're weak. Yeah, we're he weak thinks cowards. we're weak. He thinks we're weak cowards. And as well I'll say about him, though. This guy... He's a little bit of a fraud. Fred, wow. Fra- I, I, You're saying I, fraud from Honolulu? Fraud from Honolulu. Wow. Yes. I would say. Wow. He he was weaving this tale to me about, yeah, the neighborhood I'm in, you can't get pizza. Because I was like, I was making fun of him because he was like saying something about um, like if like weed is legal in New Jersey, he's just like. He's like, I wouldn't smoke that New Jersey. That I was like, Are you kidding me? It's like I see, I see you proudly putting pictures of you eating <laughs> the worst pizza. You're telling me you're not going to smoke. <laughs> like you're going to be like a weed snob all of a sudden. Be like, I see you eating Domino's, and you're just like, I just ordered Papa John. Like, bre- like, and he goes, Hey, I can't get good pizza in my neighborhood. Oh, in New York? Yeah. Then I end up in his neighborhood. In Brooklyn? One night. I end up in his neighborhood one night. And this is like, it's like a resort. It was like a resort town. It's like, this guy's weaving this tale about, you'd think he was in the middle of like, uh, like Death Wish 3, the way he's painting the portrait. If it was going to just be like, like gang riots everywhere and there's no pizza around. It's like, I see somebody's got like this porch with a jaunty umbrella out in front of their house yeah. and they're just like in front of in front of their their place i'm so just he's like living high on the hog i'm just like this guy in the story he was weaving to me it's like and secondly there's no way if somebody was just like hey fred this is new jersey weed right there 
want tar- some? <laughs> yeah, you want some? Would you would do you want would you like to have this? <laughs> he in his mind he crumples it up and throws it in their face. Not happening. No. I will tell you this about Fred. Fred worked on the Gethard show. Mm-hmm. Um and I will tell you, whenever I was there were a number of times when I was mm-hmm. if I was truly stressed out and I just mm-hmm. needed a distraction. One of the great things about Fred is he just he knows a lot of stuff about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know how factual it is, but he, he can talk. <laughs> and uh, he really – he's very, very passionate. Mm-hmm. I, I mean he's yeah. Fred from Honolulu. Uh, he, look, he's, he's the best. He, I love him. He cares a lot about mm-hmm. Pacific Island culture. He mm-hmm. really does. He knows a ton about it. Yeah. And there were times where I'm like, I just need to take my mind off of mm-hmm. all this stress for a while. And I'd just go up to Fred and I'd sit down across from him and I'd go, Fred – what are some of the top exports from Tonga? Mm-hmm. And then he'd just talk for 45 minutes. And, and it was make great. up some things. It was a great way to escape. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. If I'd be like, Fred, I hear there's a snake problem in Guam. And then six hours later, I'd be like, that was yeah. like, I got to escape. No. You know what it is with him? I'll say this. I love the guy. When I, I talked about it on the air, when I had a nosebleed that would not stop for over an hour. <laughs> he told me you came like, by our office yeah. bleeding and you didn't, I didn't even know say hello to me. Well, you weren't there. I was there. He did. He wanted to keep you all to himself. Well, I guess he so. wants to keep us separate so we can uh, link up. Yes, exactly. He, he, he divide, divide and, and conquer. conquer. Yes. Yeah. He, he. I didn't know what to do. This nosebleed would not stop. I was trying to go to Penn Station, and it was getting worse and worse. I'm bleeding like literally. Well, you wouldn't be the only, only person bleeding at Penn Station, but, which is uh, nice. But it, usually open yes. bleeders. It was just be. I'd be the guy. I'd be one of the three guys bleeding. As he was just like, track nine? Okay, let's go. Like, so, but I didn't know what to do. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm near where, the, where, near where the Gethard Studios are. And I'm just like, Fred, you got to help me out. Please, Fred. And he's like, what's up, brother? <laughs> he like picks up. He's like, he, and I'm just like, Fred, my note. I'm like. Fred, my nose won't stop bleeding. I need to go somewhere. He's like, I got you. And he gets me. He meets me on, He meets me there. He sweeps me up, stares, gets me, takes care of me, starts literally cleaning. He's like, let's get your hands clean. I tell you, this guy, I, this guy went to the mat. I'll go to the mat for this guy. I goof on him and I tease him. It's because I love him. And, uh, but that's a good guy. That's a, he's a, that's a top notch guy man definitely he, one of the first people i'd call if i had to hide a human body oh yeah absolutely yeah, he'd have options yeah he'd be like you want to go to the pig farm or are we doing the river on this one how long do you want to drive <laughs> oh my god let's let's take a couple calls and then i know you got a you got a boogie at some point right yeah that's the best show hello tom it's daniel daniel in Los Angeles. Hi, Daniel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What's up, Daniel? Am I the first person to ask if they can talk to the regulator's brother? Ouch. He no, that's him. not. That's a compliment. He's loving that a little too much. I'm going to tell you that. But I love him. I love him, too. He's my blood. He's yeah. my only sibling. So what, are, you, are you a big fan of him, Daniel? <clears throat> yeah, I think he's maybe the funniest person on the planet. I think so, too. That's fair. He's up there. Like, I just looked at his Facebook page and... Is this the guy? Are you e Is this e-cigarettes guy? Is this... Is this him, Mike? No? 
I'm nervous. Oh, it's Dan- Daniel. Daniel. Okay. I'm sorry. Hey. Oh. Hi. Hey. Hi, Daniel. How are you? I know I'm this, great, Daniel. Hey. What's up, Daniel? I do. Th- I've been uh, I've been wanting to call in for a while, and I finally have a night off to do that. I thought it was. Uh, I get. I get. I get. Uh, I, I see the thing. I see a. I see a Philly thing on the phone line. I'm just like. Oh yeah, I still have a Philadelphia cell phone. Now I'm just. I see e cigs for legs. Guys got me. Uh, I see him everywhere now. Everything. Because yeah. then two weeks ago, somebody's like, you know, you hung up on the e cigs for legs guy without even meaning, and I was like, that was him. So, look, I know who you are, Daniel. How are you? I'm good, but I have to tell you, I don't know who the E-Figs for Legs guy is. I'm sorry. It's been a while. I've been a little off the grid, and uh, I hope you're good. He's just a guy who calls, and everything he says, he'll he'll say a dumb, he'll start telling me a story, and then he everything bleeds, and he just goes, and then it turns out the uh, guy had E-Figs for Legs, and then hangs up. Gotcha. Okay. So, don't worry. Um, you're not him. Okay. Um, so, so the regulator. I'm nervous. Daniel said my brother put something on Facebook and then was no, he just, a, yeah, he, in a panic about what he, that could be. He just posted a, a photo of his foot with blood on it. And oh said, yeah. I broke a bottle of champagne yeah. and cut my foot while doing stand-up comedy on a yacht. Yeah, he did that last night. He was on a yacht doing stand-up and decided to christen the yacht and smashed a bottle of champagne to christen the yacht and cut himself to shreds. Well, it reminded me of my favorite thing ever, which you guys have talked about before, when he threw the chalk in the air. Yeah. The powder. Oh. He's, yeah. That's, that's like one he of the did the LeBron James thing yeah. while his, doing stand-up. Oh, God. His LeBron that's, James moment. That's of, the incident I talk about and lose well oh, I in can't the book. Wait. Yeah. I've told so many people about that. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. He, would you, if you had to, if there was a, a way, Chris, you yeah. could record you could get a, something that you saw with your eyes that was not filmed. Yeah. You could get, like, video of it. Yeah. And you have three things you can pick. It would be number one. That would be number, <laughs> number one, one of, the, of everything could, you've seen. Tom, I'm because I'm, t- I'm telling you. Like, I, uh-huh. I write about it in the book. I was at a stretch in my life where I was very, very caught up in career. Why isn't it happening for me? Why isn't uh-huh. it happening for other people? Pure ego. Yeah. And then I go to Philly. I see my brother do this nonsense, and I'm like, that right there is mm-hmm. art for art's sake, man. Yeah. Zero concern about anything, <laughs> anyone's opinion of it. He's just doing it because it's what his gut is telling him to do. Yeah. And guys, can I stop you for one second? Yeah. If you, if you don't mind. Sorry. And also, on top of that, the financial guru character that he's doing is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yes. So Truly really bonkers. Him... Him as a financial guru. Did I tell you? His book title is the funniest thing. Cash Dad, Trash Dad. <laughs> I love it so much. You know, he goes, Tom, he really goes. He'll, he lives in Philly. Uh-huh. And to research the financial guru character, he'll like find out about like these real estate seminars, like uh-huh. these get rich quick things. Yeah. And he'll like go to some hotel in Cherry Hill and like go sit in the boardroom that uh-huh. these guys rent and put on their seminars. And he goes and sits there all day. And he just soaks it in and like takes notes. Oh, he's so there. He's, it, it, yeah, it's like he's the real, the real deal. He's like an outsider artist. Though. Yeah, he's doing a thing now. He just announced it yesterday, where he wants he's taking acting classes. Uh huh. Specifically, so that anyone who wants to 
can just write a monologue that uh-huh. he will then go perform on stage. So if you want well, to man, write a monologue, he'll just do it. He'll go do it. All right. I hope monologue. that doesn't turn into like a Barry situation. He's going to be Barry. He's the Philly Barry. <laughs> Barry he's Barry. It'll be like when Barry franchises out the way like Walking Dead had Fear the Walking Dead. It'd be or like CSI. Barry, if, Barry, if Barry expands out to Philly, Greg can be the Philly Barry. He'll be Barry Cherry Hill. Barry, yeah, Barry Hill. <laughs> well, Daniel, I will yeah. talk to you. Thank you for calling. It's good to yeah, hear from you. And I just you. wanted to call and say that because I think Gre- I think that Greg is so funny. And, Chris, I think you're a really funny guy, too. And I see your face on every billboard in Los Angeles. I'm, it's very annoying, and I'm quite sorry. No, it's not annoying. It's amazing. I see your face above my dentist. Wait, oh, what bill? What are the billboards? billboards for what? Me. For the book? For the Gethard Show. No, the they're still the up subways. everywhere. They're and they're still, still up? I saw one. Someone sent me a great picture of a billboard of my face <laughs> in some very desolate <laughs> yeah. neighborhood, and underneath uh-huh. it was a flaming car. It's <laughs> pretty great. You know who's probably what? so mad at these billboards? Who's that? Adam. Adam from Adam ruins everything. Yeah, he got his own billboard. But he's probably just like, he's trying to ruin me. This guy's show's not even on anymore. Scheming out there, trying yeah. to ruin me. Yeah. What if he did that? What if he said to you, "Yeah, you see what I did to your show? I ruined it." How do you like? It turns out he's like a super villain, and he just like yeah. the ruiner. Yeah. Adam, I ruined your show. And I'll say this: uh, this Adam who does that show. It seems like a very nice guy. Yeah, I've known him for years. The only problem I have is that Dudio claims he studied with him. What did you study with him? Improv? What? Adam, from Adam Ruins Everything, Dudio's like, yeah, I know Adam. I know Adam. And then I ask him on Twitter. I say, Adam, you know this guy? Never heard of him. Wow. Never heard of him. him might be big time in him. He said, I never heard of the guy. Wow. And he's, I think he even they have some legal thing now going. Really? Like, a, like a 500 feet kind of thing. <laughs> I think I saw him I, down at the end yeah, of the block. I hear Mike. Mike loves it when I when Dudio gets the business. I never hear Mike laughs. It's like a child laughing at a balloon. Like the purest, <laughs> like the purest <laughs> laughter you ever heard. Mike's just... <laughs> All right, Daniel. We will talk to you Thanks. soon. Yeah, nice talking to you guys. Take care, Bye. buddy. Great hearing from you. I'm back. Line two. Okay. Line two. Line two. Best show. Hi. How's it going, Tom? Oh my goodness! As I look at what are you? How how are you calling so early? It's not it's not eleven fifty eight. What's wrong, Fred? I used to work uh, late on Tuesday nights, but then I'm recently unemployed. <laughs> ouch, oh, I tell you. I tell you, the guy can't Ouch, resist. You that, he gets a, he could turn yeah. everything into a weapon. Now that I got nothing to offer, now that yeah. he can't, now oh, no. that there's nothing to squeeze out no. of me, the knife goes right in the back. This huh, is Fred. This is how Fred rolls. He sees first thing he sees going wrong with Gethard Show. Beep, boop, 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 boop. He's like, hello, hey Joe, Joe Firestone, what's up? It's Fred from Honolulu. Yeah. Right. Beep, boop, 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 beep, 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 boop. Hey, Julio Torres, what's going on? Fred from Honolulu. 
Fred's Fred's reading Variety, looking for for he's uh, over a deadline, seeing who's got <laughs> shows getting picked up, and then Fred he's like, heard he's been bothering Joe Perra a lot lately. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. But you know who Fred has always promoted to me? Connor O'Malley. Oh yeah. Fred promotes Connor like you'd think that these two guys were Laurel and Hardy. Some there's some palms getting greased there one way or the other. Yeah. I did stop work one time and we made all the interns watch Connor O'Malley's Vine compilation. Wait, when was That's this right. was this while you were working for me? Yeah, it was like the rap week, I think. We weren't doing shit. So. Oh, nice, nice mouth, Fred. You've only, you've only been a fan of the show for <laughs> a decade. Yeah, plus? decade. Um, now tell me, Fred. Now that Chris is not your boss anymore, right? He, mm-hmm. he can't hurt you anymore, Fred. He can't hurt you. What's one thing that you? What's one? What's one sneaky thing you guys were doing on the crew? Behind the boss, behind the boss. Carmen, Christ- Tom, you'll love this. Carmen Christopher caught this dude with a backpack full of snacks from the Crest oh. Services table. <laughs> backpack full of snacks. Yeah. All those little unopened okay, cereal boxes, kind bars. Straight up, Carmen and I used to work for a startup that will remain unnamed. <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, that was like my first year in New York, and Carmen caught me like just taking, just housing a bunch of like cleaning supplies and Carmen's like you can do that and I'm like yeah dude <laughs> Carmen yeah. Took, it shows um, me he walks me over to Fred's backpack one day he goes look in there it's full of our snacks yeah Fred's jamming everything into a hack my life backpack <laughs> right just walking around with his those who can't t-shirt and his carbonaro uh I am, I am drinking out of a Carbonaro Effect mug that used to be on Chris's desk. I was going to say is. that I had one of those in my office. So yeah. I'm looking for that. Fred. Fred. What's up, Tom? First of all, you know I love you, buddy. You know that. Mm-hmm. So you called me a fraud. <laughs> no, look. It's one facet of you. <laughs> it's one facet. I love you, though. So what is, what is a thing that the boss didn't know went down on the show that you you're gonna you could tell him now? I don't know. What's one thing? What did you do? What did you do? You poke his sandwich with uh with uh your finger. What did you do? Right? Yeah, yeah. Would well, you drop his sandwich every once in a while? Right. Give him a little panini treatment. Right. Panini treatment with your shoe. I will right. say, if, I, if I'm going to be real, like a real incident, uh, someone, someone sent a company-wide email about the times we were, how long it was taking us to use the bathroom. Uh, remains nameless. That was me. And uh, that was me. <laughs> You're talking about me. I flipped out one. So we all started. Uh, we all we all started. Uh, it's gross, but we all started. Uh, Timing ourselves on who could take the fastest dump. Uh, <laughs> this is true. To, there were uh-huh. a handful of people, and uh-huh. admittedly, myself included, among them, who are just long. We had one stall in the whole office. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
There was one day where I had a meeting to go to, and someone was in there for about 40 minutes, and I couldn't yeah. run across the street yeah. to do it, and I did send out a very, very manic... T- Fred, can mm-hmm. tell, Fred can tell you, a- an email that was a glimpse into my mental illness, for sure, <laughs> which everyone, as soon as they read it, was not even upset yeah. or mad that I yeah. had gone off the handle, yeah. but I have to assume merely concerned for my like health. The show's not going to be around much longer. So my guys, that email. Other people have to use the bathroom, and if you're going to take a long time, you got to go across the street. Here's the bathroom code across the street. This is unacceptable. Sitting there for 35 minutes while all of us are uh, yeah. waiting. And I could just feel instantly that every word immediately spread. That I, I can tell. I could tell immediately someone else of authority sent out a follow-up email instantly that was like, guys, he's having a really hard week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one said that either. Yeah. No one sent the follow-up email. Yeah, you and Royce timing yourself so you can laugh at me. <laughs> All right, Fred. Goes. Fred. Yo. What, what, what's going on? When am I going to see you next? What's up, man? You're busy, dude. You uh, you know what's a crazy <laughs> thing is like I read online and some people are uh-huh. like, Fred's the worst caller. Fred's oh, the king. People are just like, I can't stand when Fred calls. And I just like, and I just want to say to those people, and there's plenty mm-hmm. of them. There's a, there's a mm-hmm. fair amount of them. Yeah, they're all white. Them. Yes. No, they're not actually. You'd be, you'd be <laughs> stunned. You'd be stunned, Fred. You 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 are somebody. Strangely enough, you transcend all all demo, all races and and genders and everything. Age. There's 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 a few people in every demographic and that don't like when you call. I love it. But I love it. That's what I want to say. First of all, stop writing me about it. The guy doesn't call that often. <laughs> Secondly, yeah, I know the calls sometimes are a little bizarre and troubling. <laughs> but that's the appeal of this guy. That's the appeal. It's, and then you just gotta la- you just gotta love him. I, I love you, Fred. I love you too. All right, buddy. You have a great night. You have a good night. Oh yeah. Hung up on him part way through. Yeah, that's okay. All right, buddy. You gotta hit it. I do. Gotta go ply the trade. Lose well is the book, and I can't wait to see this book. Thanks, and I Tom. can't wait to read this book. You're thanked in the back of the book. Ooh. Did I mention that? You hear that, Mike? Thanked. I can't. Thank you. And you know when I when 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 fortune smiles on me someday and I put my own book together, I hope it can come anywhere. It can be just live on a. I could be proud enough to put it next to your book because your your book is so funny and it's something I've enjoyed so much and I've given copies as gifts. Thanks, and I dude. can't wait. To see the next chapter. And I want to see the next chapter of all of it. Because you're one of my favorite people. And you, I just... you. Thanks. Dude. It is an, always an exciting adventure. Very likewise. Sim- the same feelings back at you. Okay. I want the next chapter to be about me helping the uh, the next batch, though. All these ung- angry young rebels who still have that fire in them. I want to see what they can do. Yeah. That's well, the next chapter. You'll be, there, you'll be there with them. And they look and they're just like... That dude ran hot, but he got it done. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. It was great hanging out, Tom. Thanks, thanks for having for, me. Thanks, thanks for, for letting me hang course. out so long. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. And I'll, I'll uh, I'm going to play a record, and then we'll come back on, and we'll do more of the best show. 
And uh, let's play something. I'm going to play something. I haven't played this in a while. From uh, I'm going to play something from my friend. Uh, you know him. Let's play something from KV. Haven't heard this in a while. Never run away. Best show back in a minute. Hi, everybody. I'm back. Thanks to Chris uh, Gethard for coming by. That was fun, right, Mike? Yeah, Mike likes support authority stories. He's a big fan of uh, mass transit. AP Mike. So, just heard from Kurt Vile. From an album from a few years ago. The album which was Waking on a Pretty Days. From 2013. <gasps> that was so long ago. 2013. Never Run Away on Matador Records. He's got a new record coming next month, maybe, right? <clears throat> Can't wait. New Kurt Vile. Very excited. Got a new, uh, some new Lana Del Rey showed up. This is the best. Right? This is the best. The phone number 201 332 3484. Want to remind everybody the Friends podcast is uh, uh, there's new episodes going up over at Patreon, which is the only way you can support the best show uh, financially. We don't have no ads no more. Some buffoon called me out because I called me out. Can you imagine? 
I wrote something about Nike because, like, we're in this weird time now where Nike is being considered like they're heroes of something because they're on the because they're back they're rightfully back in Colin Kaepernick, but they're still a, one of the worst companies on the planet. And I wrote some thing about Nike sucks or something. I don't know. And look, the guy wants to call me out. He's like, "Boo, you did the best show." With him doing that voice now, that when you do a part, but this is fitting in this case. The guy's like, "I guess you had no problem doing those commercials for the show for years, uh, whoring yourself out." I was, it's like, what? I was reading Squarespace ads. That versus like child labor for a yeah uh, they've, enslavement. You want to call me out? Look, I did that. They call me out because I did the Der- Derek Jeter commercial. You call me out on that? Yeah, it's fair. I shouldn't. Have, I did. I did it. I'm uh, happy. I did it. I, I didn't have a job at that point. I needed some money. They asked me to jump in on the commercial. I jumped in. Got paid a little bit of money. I didn't have a job at that point. Needed to scratch. Is that an excuse? And secondly, I'll say this. I did that commercial. If two people bought Nike products based on me being in that thing, I'll eat my hat. The Yankee hat I had. I'll eat it. No one bought. Oh, well, Tom was was wearing a Yankee. I'm going to go buy some Yankee stuff. Oh, such a huge Yankees fan. You guys all know my love of the Yankees, right? No. No, I move I did not move the needle at all. I Robin Hooded that thing. Took their money. Let me keep doing the best show, do good stuff. I'm a good guy, right? I'm all right. I'm a good guy. I'm doing I try to do the best. I'm trying. That's all you can do. Guy like, oh, you did the commercials. You got no problem with that. What? Well, I'm supposed to, am I supposed to keep losing money on doing this show? I lost money for 13 years doing it. WFMU. Great, great, great time. Great show. I'm doing the show. I'm watching River of Money roll right by me, and I can't even stick a ladle in it. Like dying of thirst. I'm watching that river roll by. Not now. Huh. Is it a river? Hey, we do well. We do well here. I'm happy. Everybody gets paid something. Best show, hi. Hey, Tom. How are you? I'm good. To whom am I speaking? This is Austin from Vancouver Island. Who's this now? Austin from Vancouver Island. Austin. From Vancouver Island. Ooh, sounds very exotic. Yes. What's going on on Vancouver Island tonight? Well, they're filming a movie here, which is Sonic the Hedgehog, and I honestly cannot believe this is actually a thing. I know who's playing Sonic the Hedgehog in that movie. Do you? Are you friends with him? I'm not friends. It's, I read it on the computer box. Uh, Jim Carrey. No, well... Jim Carrey's planning, apparently, the evil guy. I think he's the villain. He's a bad guy in it. Pet Detective meets Scott Pilgrim meets 
Space Jam. This movie's going to be ridiculous. Like, who wanted this? No one. That's so. No one wants it. This is... I can't, I can't believe this is actually a thing. And I'm picturing this blue character running down the streets of Ladysmith, collecting toonies off the ground. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, you can't catch me. Right? Yeah, exactly. And Jim Carrey's supposed to be this evil guy that's picturing pet detective chasing him. <laughs> I just can't believe they're actually making this. I can't wait. And I know you're pumped secretly. You're going to be out in front of that theater. This will be you. Well, uh- Two for Sonic the Hedgehog, please. That'll be you. Well, it's possible I've already bought in five tickets for the premiere date, but yeah. I wasn't going to tell anyone that, but yeah. I did it. So what's the deal with Vancouver Island? I know nothing about Vancouver Island. Tell me more. Vancouver Island, it's where all the hippies go who can't deal with Vancouver. And then, uh, and why? what about Vancouver is, is, uh, uh, is something that people can't deal with? You know, I actually really enjoy Vancouver. I just think everyone that wants to come here and complain of the fact that they have to catch a ferry to get to Vancouver. And, yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. We're like this weird, hippie nation that none of us know what actually is going on. I mean, I live in Nanaimo, so we're just this harbor city, but no you one... You live in Nanaimo? No one eats fish. What? Where do you live? It's called Nanaimo. Like, oh, I thought you said you live... Bar. I thought you said you live in an IMAX, like an IMAX theater. Yeah, I wish I had an IMAX in town. That would actually, can you imagine watching Sonic the Hedgehog in an IMAX? Imagine it. I'm anticipating it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll get, uh, this will be me the day that movie comes out. Uh, yeah, 30 for Sonic the Hedgehog, IMAX 2D, please. Or you even going to go the 2D route. Yeah, we're going to see 3D. What, what you're not a fan of the 3D movies, Tom? No, I'm not. No, I'm not because I'm I'm not a I'm not 11. So I uh, <laughs> kind of got uh, past seeing the uh, things in, in in 3D. I feel like Sonic is going to be the movie that brings back the old red and blue glasses. All right, you're, like, out of here. Oh. you're you're just saying things to hear your own voice now. I can't handle. You think it's going to be the movie? No, you don't. There's a new thought. It's sick. You're a blight on Vancouver and Vancouver Island, my friend. I like you. I'm worried about the community at large, though. Best show, hi. Hello? Hello. Uh, hi, is this, am I on the air? You are. That's why I said best show. Oh, hello, Tom. Hi, to whom am I speaking? Uh, this is Brad in Detroit, Michigan. Brad in Detroit. What's up tonight, Brad? Well, I'm just hanging out here listening to the show with my cat, Zola, and I had a Kurt Vile question for you. All right. Let's hear it. I'll do Well, I was listening to the new single, uh, how do I say it? Is it Bass Ackwards? Bass Ackwards? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounded, uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but it sounded like he was maybe talking about you in one of the, the lines. Hmm. No comment. No. Mm, no comment. <laughs> what, what, he said something like, uh, talking to my friend on the radio, there was no format because we like it that way. 
Mm. Well, do you think that's about me? You know, that's that's how I took it. Yeah. Hmm. So you took it that way, eh? So that'd be the third time I've mentioned on a KV record, huh? Mm. <laughs> Red apples for Tom Sharpling, and then there's the song Blue Cheese, and then there's this one. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, good, good art just kind of like, uh, like flocks together. Does that make sense? Good art flocks together. That's what, uh, I always say good art flocks <laughs> together. So what's going on out there in, in, uh, in, uh, Detroit? You're in Detroit proper or you just say it's Detroit even though you're like 60 miles away? <laughs> I, I've been, I've been in Detroit proper for about 15 years. Yeah. What's your least favorite city, uh, going here, my friend? Like what city like does Detroit? Across, yeah. What across city? the world or like what city do the people of Detroit are just like? Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. You know, uh, it would, honestly, I think it would, it might be like the developers of New York who want to come in and buy stuff here. You think so? You know, yeah, we're not really fond of that. And what's going on there? Is it like it's overrun by, by like plants now? What? Like. <laughs> oh yeah, there's, there's just wild forests and packs of dogs running around. No, I mean, not like that. I mean, it's, I know it's not, this is not, uh, I am legend, but it's like, <laughs> there's certain, there's certain stretches of the city where, where, uh, nature, uh, like, uh, is, has kind of, kind of reclaimed, uh, uh, like a factory or whatever that has been, uh, uh, fallen into disuse. Is that true? You know, yeah, I would say that that is true. And do you like, is it beautiful to see these buildings get pulled down by vines and, and, you know, I, I actually think it is. Yeah. Well, good. That's, I agree. I love, uh, I love riding my, my bike through wild stuff. Now the show Detroiters, where do you land on that show? What do you think of the Detroiters? You know, I've only seen a few episodes, but I actually, I do like it. They, I they it. film frequently at a bar that I actually like to hang out at. I love that and show. And that's pretty cool. I love it. You're, you and I, we're hitting it off tonight. It, it's, it's, I'm really excited. I'm actually super nervous, but. <laughs> you relax, relax. How, who couldn't relax it. when somebody goes, relax, right? Who couldn't just, who couldn't just, Feel their shoulders just kind of, <laughs> just just kind of all the tension fall out of it when somebody goes, relax. <laughs> my my cat looks pretty relaxed right now. She's all right. lying on the floor right now, just you know, in a sprawl. You got a cat? I get it. How many times you gonna? <laughs> how many times you gonna name drop your cat? Oh, um, yeah. So, well. I guess, yeah. I, I, uh, What's your cat's name, by the way? Let me see if I can guess. Uh, Let me see if I can guess. Sp 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 sprinkles? Sprinkles? No. Sparkles? How close am I? Uh, definitely two syllables. That's correct. Um, blockhead? Give me a hint. <laughs> give me a hint. You know, maybe sometimes. I give could me, use that. Give me a hint. Give me a hint. I'm going to get your cat's uh, name. 
she's the name of a woman singer on Sacred Bones Records. Well, I don't know. Seems in kind of an operatic style. Who? I don't know. I don't. The, the, I, who? Uh, her name is Zola. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's a nice name. It's a nice name. All right, you're weirdly zoning out on me. Get off my phone. 201-332-3484. That's the number if you want to call the best show. I go out there. They got the pizza out there. and I'm, Look, it was Studio's birthday pizza. Mike clearly inserted himself into the pizza ordering decision-making. Because they ended up with what Dudio called a compromise pizza. Because Dudio wants the high-end pizza. He likes this high And it's good pizza. I love it. But that's what he wants. Mike wants pizza. He, he would, if Mike had his druthers, would be ordering pizza from a middle school that would... Uh, bring the pizza over in little heat bags, like when you're in the when you're in seventh grade in the cafeteria. Mike had his druthers. That's the way we'd be getting the pizza. And then one of those three packs of uh, chocolate chip cookies. Lynn, yes, that's right, Mike. What was the brand? Linden's? Something like that. Some garbage. New New Jersey garbage cookie. Right? Yeah. So they ended up with compromise pizza. Something in between and none of them are happy. Dudio's birthday pie was below his standard. This pizza was too fancy for Mike. No one was happy. The Neville Chamberlain of pizza tonight, right? As he said, there will be pizza in our time. I'm not dumb. I can make history jokes. Best show, hi. Hello, Tom. Oh, my goodness. I know this voice. This guy. Let me just tee this guy up. Tonight is a night of legends. Apparently, it's it's legends night on the best show. Fred from Honolulu. And now this guy. Actually, it's not that many legends. No, um, this is the nadir of the legend portion of the show. Because this guy, he is a proud resident of the fine state of Alabama. And he uh, he makes his uh, he makes his way through life. And he's got he's got only two things are important to him at this point in his life. Peppy, his dog, his beloved dog, Peppy, and his beloved football coach, Nick Saban. <laughs> How did you not name your rename Peppy Saban? How did you not just say, Peppy, I got to break the news to you. Your name's not Peppy anymore. It's Saban. Well, he if he was a more aggressive dog, he's basically a rabbit. Yeah. I mean, he, he is... He is 
you know, human beings have managed to turn gray wolves into rabbits. That's one of our greatest achievements as a species. He, uh, so if he was more aggressive, I might have named him Saban. He, um, yeah. And if your dog, sweet. if your dog drank Diet Coke, <laughs> if my dog, if my dog cursed at me when everything was going sort of okay, yeah, but not okay enough, then he would just scream at me, and I would name him Saban. Now, what's up with this this thing? You can give some perspective on this thing. For about for the last month or so, I've been playing a clip of this guy Harbaugh, right, mm-hmm. saying this thing about mel- drink oh. all the milk. Oh. It went, it goes, it goes a little something like this. Drink as much milk as your little belly can hold. Drink as much milk as your little belly can hold. First of all, I'll say this. Anybody gets that tattooed on themselves, you do not get rewarded for the show. You are, you will be excommunicated from the best show. Restraining order. Yeah, I will get a restraining order against you. I will make it so you cannot listen to the show. We, I want no part of you. If anybody goes and gets... Drink as much milk as your little belly can hold. Tattooed on their... Uh, any part. Any, I don't want to see it tattooed anywhere. The worst would be if you got it tattooed on your little belly. That would be the worst. If somebody like comes up to me, Hey, Tom, I want to show you something. And they pull their shirt up, and then they show me their little belly, and it says... Milk, milk holder. <laughs> if it says, what if it says milk holder? <laughs> Actually, no, no, and I'm revising this. That's the only way you are safe. You, if you do that, you move up to the pantheon of, uh, you're in the Best Show Hall of Fame. If you get on your belly, milk holder tattooed, you. And, and it has to be as much tattoo as your little belly can hold. Yes. It has to be a gigantic Yes. Now, when you heard that, were you just like, at least our guy screams at everyone and drinks diet soda? Yeah. He's not promoting milk. He's promoting diet diet Coke and just humiliation. Yeah. uh, Yeah, he's like a a Conan-like figure. Does it seem like he enjoys anything? He smiles once once a year when they win a national championship. He smiles for about thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. He's like uh, he's like that other that that drip who coaches the uh, the uh, New England Patriots. You should see this guy. It's it's like if a bag of leaves got hit by lightning and came to life. Like if somebody was raking leaves and threw a Patriots jacket on top of them, like a Patriots windbreaker. It's like Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. If Frosty the Snowman happened in the fall, <laughs> and it was just a pile of leaves with a Patriots jacket on it, and he's always like, "I don't know what's uh, going on." I mean, uh, it's uh, it's always like, "Coach, we want to ask you about the thing." Oh, I'm just interested in trying to make sure this week we uh, play as hard as we can. I'm focused on this week's game, and uh, that's all I'm focused on is this week's game. Coach, can we ask about the fact that uh, you hired a guy who was a murderer to coach? I'm uh, actually more focused on this week's game. That's really what I want to talk about is we're playing the Jaguars. I want to talk about the that Jaguars. 
Coach, anything that your uh, star quarterback is seems to be in some weird health cult. I'm not really, I'm looking to just talk about we're playing the Jaguars this week, and I really want to. That sounds like him, right, Mike? Right? Yeah, thanks. Mike gets it. Mike cheers me on with these impressions. The rest of them, not so much. After the show's over, Dudio and Pat will probably come up to me and go like, uh, hey, it's a couple notes on the show tonight. Can we give you some notes? So, yeah. This guy seems like that, this Nick Saban. He seems like he's not happy. Ever. Like, why do anything if you're that unhappy? Wait, who am I talking about now? Them or me? I forgot for a second. Wait. If you're completely miserable all the time, but you show up week after week to do the and, things. And you, and you yell at, you yell at the people under you. You do nothing but, you do nothing but belittle the people who are, you're working with every week. And, and you're just generally as a low level, uh, low level resentment at the audience. What? Wait, who am I talking about now? A football coach? No. I'll say I'm Are you drinking the Diet Coke? Is all I have to you want to know what I am? Oh, no. <laughs> what have I become? I know what I've become. A football coach. Well, ask me a question, Jason. We'll see if, if how this fits okay. me now. Uh, what, what's your strategy uh, for your next game? No, ask me a question as if it's me, not a football coach. What's your strategy for the next episode? Well, I really just want to focus on next week's best show and see if we can just try to put the best show together that we can and uh, really just compete for three hours and uh, see if we can just do a show that uh, has uh, that we come away with a win. Next question. Ask me another question. Come on, ask me another question. Okay. Um, ask me a question uh, I won't want to answer. Okay. Uh, is it true that, that there's going to be some changes on your staff? I really, uh, no, this is not the, I really just want to keep focusing on uh, next week's best show and uh, try to do uh, the best show we can for three hours and uh, really just try to come up with the win. Next question. All right. Thanks, everybody. And then that wrap up. And the other thing, these football coaches, they're, I always love that, that the, the advertising behind them is the funniest thing. <laughs> this guy, this guy, uh, uh, what's his, what's the dude, what's the guy I'm doing the thing of, Mike? Lancelot, what's his name? Herbie Lant, what is it? What? Yeah. Belichick. I don't know why I said Herbie Lancelot. Where did that come from? Um, it's like you put that guy in front of a thing that has Dunkin' Donuts on. It seems like a warning against Dunkin' Donuts. Like, it seems like a, like a, just kind of like, like, like the competitors would t- take that out and put him in front of a thing like, now you're associating this pile of, this sentient pile of leaves with just these donuts. You're like, yeah, you know what I'm, I, I actually don't think I want to eat that uh, donut now. I think I'm okay. So down in uh, home, home, hunt, hunt, hunting, 
Huntsville. Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. What's going on down there? What's uh, what's up, Jason? Well, I will tell you this. Uh, I, I pre-ordered uh, Chris Gethard's book this evening. Oh, that's fantastic. That's nice. Because one thing I've been trying to do lately is there's all these things that you, you say, oh, I'm, oh, I'm going to do that, like whatever it is. Oh, I'm going to do that. And I'm a procrastinator. Mm-hmm. And, and so that kind of like my brain kind of tricks itself into thinking I've done it almost if I say, I'm going to do it. And then sure. the brain's like, okay, we don't have, we can, we can now check that off the list. So there's all kinds of things that I've wanted to do that I'll go, oh, that's a good idea. I should do that. So now I'm at the point now, now that I'm probably, you know, just if you run the, the actuary tables closer to not being alive than being alive, you know, at this point. I'm on the the the, uh, the slope. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. it's time to start to not. It's time to just like do a thing when you think about doing it. Especially sure. if it's if it's if it's to support someone who um, who you're impressed with and who is fighting. Uh, so there you go. No, I got you. That's uh, so do that's... not say, especially it's nice for someone because there's other things I try to do that are better force people who I've thought about. Oh, I want to. You know, do something else to that person or whatever, and you just need to do it. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't get yourself off the hook by no. thinking about it. And oh, I'm a good person because I thought about it. Look, I had a thing that reminded me. This is when I, uh, when I was a kid, my daddy uh, he worked, and uh, he was working, and he always talked about he's going to get a fishing boat, right? And he was going to retire and get this fishing boat, and uh, Go fishing every day. Tell my mama lies. And then, uh, right before he got that fishing boat, he, uh, he passed away. And then when I, when that happened, I decided right then and there I was going to go for it each and every day. No matter what happened, I was going to go for it. I made up my mind right then. I was going to go for it. And you have to remind yourself. I mean, too, because I then you'll get complacent and forget. Or I will. You know, this. I mean, that's the same thing, you know, my, when my, my, my father passed away not long ago, your father passed away, and and that puts that thing in perspective. Yeah. When, and that's the like most cliche thing in the world to say, but it's, yeah. it's absolutely true. I do want to say, Jason, to be fair, though, um, not to disgrace any either of our fathers, I, yeah. I, I took that speech from the movie Cannonball Run. Um, <laughs> that was Burt Reynolds' well, character. I took, I took my speech that I just said from Smokey and the Bandit. Well, there you go. Yeah, see that? Yeah. It, this was in tribute to Burt Reynolds. The late, great Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds, yeah. You know that movie, uh, Think of, that movie might be cursed if you think about it. Jerry Reed, <laughs> Burt Reynolds, Jackie Gleason, they're all gone. They're yeah. all gone. I think that might be one of these three men and a baby situations or poltergeist where it's just one of these cursed movies. The other one that was Wait. cursed like that was the ho- horror movie, A Ghost Story. I don't know if you remember the movie from 1980, Ghost Story. The four lead actors in that movie are no longer with us. Think, what are the odds that a movie made starring Fred Astaire, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., uh, Melvin Douglas, and, uh, John Houseman, those four leads, they're not with us anymore. I think that that movie was cursed. Yeah. Four. If one of them was gone, sure. That's the odds. That's (laughs) just playing the odds. Two of them, huh, little suspicious. Three, oh, I don't know. All four of them. 
That's what happens when you, you talk to ghosts. I tell you. They'll get you. If only if somebody would bust these ghosts. That's where you can only write someday. If only there were four men that would bust these ghosts, we'd be. <laughs> boy, would we be in good shape then. Right? You know how I feel about the Lady Ghostbuster thing? That movie's not good. You know why it's not good? Because that dude directed. He didn't know what he was doing directing that thing. He was overmatched. He was out of his league. Didn't know how to put special effects together. Don't blame it on them. You blame it on the, the, right. the what's this, the clown town. Or that there, guy's the time there's never been a bad movie that had men in it. Well, that's true. Look, I like women. I like men. I like everybody. Everybody's great. We're all here together. All of us. You know who I don't like? You know who I don't like? Who's that? Snakes. Snakes. Who was, who was that? Snakes. I don't like snakes. Oh, snakes. Yeah. I'm like I've made pee- my peace with snakes. I'm like Pee-wee in that way. I don't like snakes. <laughs> Pee-wee did not like snakes. Pee-wee Herman. But he saved them. What's the best line from from Pee-wee Herman, uh, his thing, his movie? A hint from- is he doesn't say it. I know what your favorite line from that movie what, is. What is that? Fruit, please. That's right. Fruit, please. <laughs> I gotta, now I'm going to search. I, do you think if I type in peewee, fruit, uh, peewee, not weak, fruit, please, do you think some idiot pulled a clip of this? Yes. Oh, Absolutely. I'm not playing this commercial. Mm. Hold on. Weird commercial. I don't know what this is a commercial for. What do I got to do? Get YouTube red? Is that what gets rid of these commercials? <laughs> right? Mike? He doesn't know. Hold on. Let's jump ahead. Buxton? Here we go. Here, would you care for some gum? Oh, I messed it up. This dumb new computer. Prate said all day. This matter, do we, Mr. Buxton? I mean, it was a simple mistake, and I'm really sorry. Well, uh, I still think that you owe Francis an apology. And then I want to see the two of you shake hands. I'm sorry, Francis. All right, this is pretty funny. Here, would you care for some gum? Would you care for some, Mr. Buxton? Oh. Spearmint or fruit? Uh, fruit, please. <laughs> well, goodbye. All right, that's... Uh, so, Jason, my friend. Yes, sir. How are the How's the Alabama blood uh, elephants doing? Uh, well, I mean, they they were playing kind of sacrificial lambs mm-hmm. up until last week, and they trounced Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope they continue to trounce. Yeah, because then you get that one moment of glory. Well, look, talk about. I mean, we we've talked briefly about how Alabama and New Jersey are kind of. 
both, you know, looked down upon uh, yeah. by folks who aren't Alabama and New Jersey. So that's the thing we have. I actually got in a conversation with a lady from Canada about about Alabama football the other day, which was odd. A lady from Canada, you're talking about yeah, Alabama. In, my, in the context of my job, because we were just starting talking. She's from Montreal, and we were talking about Montreal, and she's asking me where I was from, and she said, well, you don't even have an NFL team down there. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, we do have, you know, objectively yeah, the, the best, best college sports college team. team. Yeah. And what did you say to her? Yeah, what are you going to cheer on the Argonauts of the CFL? Yeah, right? I didn't. I, I, my, my Canadian football league knowledge is not that, not that deep. You knew a place for the Argonaut or for the Montreal team? Johnny Football! Oh. Yeah. All right, my friend. Okay. I wish you, you have nothing. a good night. You have a great night. All right, bye-bye. Bye. I made up my mind right then. I was going to go for it. I mean, everything I wanted. I was going to go for it right then. Because you never know when something's going to happen to you. Words to live by, huh, Mike? And I feel like if people are on the bubble about ordering your calendar, you got to go for it, right? Right now, go for it. Order the calendar. Michael, sign it. If you pledge a certain amount of money, he'll, uh, he'll put, uh, your, uh, his phone number in the, the line, in the, in the emergency contact. Bashow. Hello, Professor Shopling. Oh my goodness! Look at this. It's All Star Night. It's All Star Night. I know who this is. Baby from Las Vegas. How are you? I can't stand it. How are you? I'm good. What can't you stand? Oh, things are going well. Things are going much better. Good. Any any hot news about your favorite band? Ah. <laughs> uh. You know, I got an email tonight. I haven't been able to open it. On a, well, I, I just, I think I'm gonna just leave that one for the morning, after I've had coffee. Sure. But yeah, I did get something. Your favorite band is Alphaville. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna relaunch the, you know what, that novel. I finished it and I'm done. I'm going to move on. Great. I have things. You did it. I have things. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm saying you did it. I did it. I did it. I blasted that turkey out. And I got another turkey to follow it up. You wrote it a book. <laughs> right? You're writing a, you wrote it a book. I did. I did. And uh, I'm going to start another one in a little while. I have to. I promised. Man. I gotta get some of that, uh, some of that focus. Ain't got it. Ain't got it, BB. Ink, man. Ink that, um, or tattoo it, but I'm running out of space. I was a much heavier girl in younger, younger days. Um, there'd be a lot more stuff to write on. I wanted to catch up with you about topics and stuff for the last few weeks, cause I had a contribution to, um, I mean, I got into um, 
No, a contribution to a celebrity encounter, and it was not once but twice. Well, let's and hear it. The gentleman has passed away since, so this is fun stuff. Okay. It's Larry Linville. Larry Linville, who people probably know as Frank Burns on MASH, right? Correct. Yeah, he came to our college and spoke about, this is what he did. He did uh, ex- spoke about his experiences on MASH, and uh, apparently he's classically trained o- over in Britain and everything, but uh, I don't know what he did with it, because <laughs> Larry's Larry, you know? Uh, what you see is what you get, and that's that's pretty much... Uh, on two encounters, um, up in Buffalo, I got Frank, um, Fun Frank, and down in Philadelphia, I got a vicious Frank. So you got two <laughs> sides of the same guy. Yeah, yeah. And so the one time you met him, he was nice. Nice, um, just yeah. Well, he, you want to say nice? He slapped me on the ass, well, that's and nice. I really didn't like that. No. Well, that's oh man, I'm sorry. That's my uh, that's my trigger. I can't quite remember what it was. It's like, hey, Larry, you get one free, and that was it. That was it. That was it. And then um, the rat. I moved to I moved to Philadelphia, and I'm tooling down South Street, and there he is standing out in front of the Cope of a Manor with his wife. And I said, Mister Linville. He goes, Yes, that's me. I said. Uh, we've met, and it was really, really uncomfortable. Oh, I love it. I love it. The <laughs> rat, right? The rat. That's terrible. Yeah. What a rat. Oh, he's, he's a rat. He's yeah. An officious, this is for Tavy. An officious, I can't do it. I'm sorry. No, you did a pretty good job of it. But that, So I that's your celebrity. Now. Your celebrity encounter is Larry Linville, and it was more of, well, more not as so much of an encounter as a uh, as a as a uh, what would you call that? What would we call that? Oh, uh, that was um, a har- uh, harassment. A, hara- a low a harassment. What would he look? What would make oh, anyone think one. that was ever f- fair game? I you know I was talking trash with him about. Um, 60s television, because mm-hmm. Joanne Linville, uh, who'd been on Star Trek a number of times, she plays Romulans, mm-hmm. um, that's a cousin of his, and I said, um, whatever happened to her? He goes, oh, she's a flake, she's like way up north now, mm-hmm. <laughs> still alive apparently, and said something about, um, made some reference about Martin Lando and Barbara Bain being on the Harlem Globe Charters on Gilligan's Island, and he thought that was amusing. Yeah, they all can't be, um, everybody can't play a buffoon, an army buffoon. Yeah, a well-compensated once-a-week buffoon. Yeah, and look, you end up on the, with the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island. Look, I, you wouldn't, who wouldn't want to hang out with either, well, look, the cast of Gilligan's Island, I wouldn't want. I'd want to hang out with the Harlem Globetrotters, though, right? Curly Neal? Sure. Metal Arc I want to hang out with Bob and, uh, what's her, what's her name? Don Wells, she's a darling. Yeah, Don Wells, or you hang out with uh, what's his face there, uh, Herman. M- no, that's the Munsters. Thurston Howell the Third. Oh, Jim Backus. Yeah. Oh my God, there's some stuff on YouTube of his 
it's just borderline bad taste. I never Enough. took the I never took the Jim Backus deep dive. The no. Jim Backus YouTube deep dive. Mike, this is your homework for the week. Oh boy. I want you to watch fourteen hours of Jim Backus footage on YouTube. Oh yeah. Um look for delicious. I sorry I said it the wrong just look for delicious. Alright, Mike? You hear that? I feel filthy already. You watch all this. Uh-huh. I want you to watch uh-huh. Delicious by Jim Backus on YouTube. On top of the 14 hours of Jim Backus you were previously assigned. Can I recommend someone to follow on Twitter? I don't know this person. Sure. It's called I've Pet That Dog. It's this kid. Oh, I like that. Gideon, he's like 12 years old. You retweet him, don't you? Oh, copiously. Because that's how I see his stuff. Is because you, you're. Yeah, he's just. Isn't he? He's just adorable. It's a kid who goes he around. He wears the pet. coolest t-shirts and he finds the coolest dog. Yeah, and he pets dogs and he takes pictures of it and he puts a picture of him petting a dog up. It's the best. It makes me feel good. Yeah. And few things do. Well, when you find the things that make you feel good, you got to remember them so you can lean on them. Right. Right. I have, uh, what was it about? Oh, yeah, about um, Jim Harbaugh and his, uh, all the li- bil- your little belly can hold. Yeah. You babysit one of those kids. You've got all the hot, sour, cottage cheese your little lap can hold. <laughs> I don't know what that means. That's babysitting stuff, man. That is, you get a kid upset who's been drinking a lot of milk. Yeah, then it comes back out. It comes back up. Mike. I want you to research that this week. Baby's throwing up. So this week, your homework, 14 hours of Jim Backus footage, and then I want you to watch six hours of babies puking. I got one for Mike that I promised him before, and I forgot to say it. This is, some people have violent last names like um, Spear Brittany, Trump Donald. Mm-hmm. Gore Jason. Yeah. Violent. Yeah. Jason Gore. Gore. Right, Mike? It's bad news. You're you're a little you're a little wary of him. I don't know what it is, but Mike, it's it, look, I know you two come from different walks of life. You're a Jersey guy. He's a West Virginia guy you got to find that common ground Mm -hmm. all right baby how close is in fact southern west virginia from southwest virginia Uh, who knows as the crow flies but the thing is it's hard to say because dudio they drove a a, a tractor and that it's not so fast it's like the straight story driving a lawnmower all around town right massey ferguson and um I've um, hooked up with um, Greg Gethard on uh, LinkedIn, and he's really into those ETFs, man. The guy likes to, he likes danger. Oh, he's the real deal. He is so solid and so real. Yeah, There's only one of them. Me. There's only one of them. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. He's all ours. The mold, they mo- broke the mold with him. 
All right. I love that expression. I'm going to wrap it up. I want to. I got to go home. All right, son. Thought I'd catch up with you after. It was great to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, I've been here, man. Everything's going good. Trying to get the house in order. Stay strong. We need you strong. You too. All right. Thank you, my friend. Love you bunches. I love you too. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. So, yeah. What do you think about that, Mike? Larry Linville. Sounds like a creep. Frank Burns. Ferret face. MASH. I remember Andy Kindler had a funny MASH joke. Where he was talking about MASH. And it's on the MASH channel. I was watching MASH. I didn't get the memo that MASH is not around anymore. Drink as much milk as your little belly can hold. Everybody, welcome to uh, Couch Talk. This is the host of Couch Talk, uh, Rich Asians, Crazy Rich Asians. How are you tonight? I uh, hope everybody's having a good time. I just need to say uh, a couple things at the top of the show. I am not Asian, first of all. Uh, my name is Richard. My first name is Richard. Asians is not exactly... My name is a variant on... Asians, uh, but I call myself Crazy Rich Asians, and I want to let you know about some couch deals that are uh, available right now over at uh, House of Couches. Pretty exciting uh, deals on some sectionals. Uh, we got uh, pretty thrilling. I want to let you know there's a uh, three-piece sectional sofa made by Dane uh, to was uh sixteen ninety nine ninety five. It's on sale for sixteen forty nine. Uh we have that in stock. There's a Hartwell two piece sectional sofa that was going for nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety five cents. We have for nine hundred sixty nine dollars even. And that is available in tan. Uh there is a Soto modular corner chair. Uh not exactly a couch. Still on sale was four forty nine ninety five. On sale for four twenty nine. Back to the world of couches. Uh, a Romano four piece leather sectional. 
It was twenty eight ninety nine ninety five. It's on sale. Uh, you save a whole lot of money. It's twenty seven ninety nine. Uh, just want to say this is Couch Talk. Uh, this is Crazy Rich Asians here with you tonight, telling you all about the couch specials again. I am not Asian. Uh, of this Asian descent, and I'm not affiliated with the movie either. I need to also make that clear. House of Couches is not in any way affiliated with the motion picture Crazy Rich Asians, but I am Crazy Rich Asians, and our prices are crazy here on these couches over at House of Couches. I'll let everybody know there's a Lagomo four piece sectional. It was twenty four forty nine ninety, and it is on sale for twenty three sixty nine ninety. That is available in gray and tan. Also, want to say we are still honoring the uh, price matching with Raymore Flanagan. So, if you find a deal at Raymore Flanagan, please bring it in and come on in and say uh, "Crazy Rich Asians sent me." I got a. Price matching here on a sofa. Like if you, I doubt you'd find a better deal than this. Uh, on, like for example, the uh, Hayden three-piece sectional, which uh, was at fifteen forty-nine ninety-five. We sell it at House of Couches for fourteen ninety-nine on the dollar. And uh, I doubt Raymore and Flanagan can swing those prices, but uh, over here at uh, House of Couches. You know you're in good shape with Crazy Rich Asians, and I can make the deals happen. And again, not affiliated with the motion picture in any way, shape, or form. And I am also not Asian. But when it comes to deals, I am most definitely crazy, and my name is Rich. So please... Come on by, and uh, everybody who comes by this weekend uh, to buy some new couches, just tell them Crazy Rich Asian sent you, and we'll give you a uh, free pair of throw pillows that match your couch in one of the... Alhambra Police. Okay, and your name, sir? D'Souza. Adriana.
Welcome back. Oh, shut up. How's everybody tonight? Here on our oh, shut up. We're talking about these sandwiches. They're always trying to push. You know what's getting going? It's really getting to me now. This is Rex, by the way. And the phone number is 201 And we're talking about sandwiches. And I just want to say, if I go in another place and they're trying to put some chipotle sauce on the sandwich, what is that? Pink mayonnaise? I don't want that. I go into this place again, Jersey Mike's. I don't even know why I go in there anymore. But I go in the other day and they're like, Would you like some chipotle mayo on it? And I'm like, Did I say I wanted chipotle mayo on it? And the kid, this, just this, this kid by the counter, it looked like he was 14. He's like, I don't know. I don't figure that is. And I'm just like, you tell me you're going to do a thing. You're going to put, you got a sandwich with roast beef and cheese. And you're going to put, you're going to put Chipotle mayo on. I'm like, ah, shut up. Uh, this soundboard crashes. I'm going to shut up. Here it goes. Oh. You listen to me, my sound guy, my engineer, Claude. He's really dropping the ball on this. You're going to get it, Claude. You're going to get it. You hear me, Claude? You're going to get it. Oh, shut up. 201-332-3484. I want to talk about Chipotle mayo tonight. Claude. Which lines are good? Alright, you're on with Rex. Welcome to our shut up. Hey Rex, uh, I got a question for you. We're in a uh, fall now, so uh, Wawa is going to start doing their uh, their sandwiches with the mashed potatoes and the cranberry sauce. Oh, don't, don't get me started on this. Don't, what is it, Thanksgiving dinner? You're at a Wawa. They pump a gas 30 feet away. And you're going mean, to you think you're going to somehow you're mistaken for Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, yeah, I want my whole meal between two pieces of bread. Yeah, between two pieces of cheap Wawa bread. I go to this thing, and first of all, the Wawa bread used to be so much better back then. They made it fresh in the thing. Now they're dropping it over with some truck in the morning. I don't even know when. <coughs> I got to stick with the gobbler. That's the gobbler coming. is the king of all sandwiches. Now you, you need your head examined. You go to Wawa, you order the gobbler, and you, you, you go, you go get a sandwich. What do you think? It's Thanksgiving. You can't wait till Thanksgiving. Ah, shut up. Yeah, you shut up. Shut up. All right, to take Shut up. Will you shut up? Shut up. Shut, 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 shut up. Oh, shut up. Shut up. You're going to tell me to shut up. You're the one who can't, you can't control yourself till Thanksgiving. He's gone. Of course he's gone. These people, they go, I got to get Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, it's, it's, it's October 27th. You gotta have Thanksgiving. You can't wait a month. 
yeah, God forbid Thanksgiving special at all. No, you gotta eat it. I'm not so hungry for turkey now, because I had it the other day in that gas station parking lot. Ah, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! All right to take shut up! Will you shut up! Shut up! Shut, 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 shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! All right, the number's 201-332-3484. I was talking about Chipotle Mayo, but now, no, now we're talking about the Gobbler. I want to talk about anybody that's ordered a Thanksgiving-themed sub. Claude, have you tried this Chipotle Mayo yet? You didn't know they had it. It's all over the may uh, the menu. Would you pay attention when you go in there? You don't look at the thing. You go in there, you ever look at the thing? You know, you drive me nuts. Shut up! Oh, shut up! You drive me nuts. You're not even looking at the sign. You go. Shut up! Shut up! Shut your all right. Two zero one three three two three four eight four. I tell you, if I go in the Wawa or any of these places, they see anybody order the gobbler or any kind of Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, you better watch out. You better hold on to that thing tight when you're going through the door. Because you might get a sub slap from old Rex. I'll knock that thing all over the parking lot. Don't think I won't sub slap you. You ever been sub-slapped, Claude? Yeah, well, you better, if I catch you ordering a gobbler, you better get ready. You're going to get sub-slapped. Can't believe this. Nobody's got a question for Rex. Show's already falling apart. Gonna get canceled. I'm telling you though, if I catch you ordering the gobbler, you're in trouble. So, yeah, look, then then it's like, you're going to tell me that this is the way you show up and this is the way you act for Rob. You got Robert Fripp is in the building. This guy's played on the most classic records ever. And you, flamp. That's how you yell at the guy? You don't show the guy a modicum of respect? It, it's really, it was a, a black eye on the people of Red Bank that night. I was, I, it made me sad. It made me sad to see. Really. Shameful. Shameful, Mike. Want to let everybody know. 
Go get Chris Gethard's book. Thanks to Chris for coming down. Lose well. You can order it over at chrisgeth.com. Pre-order it. You can help out The Best Show. You go to patreon.com slash thebestshow, and we do all sorts of things. we got all sorts of audio up there that is exclusive to Best Show Patreon supporters, including Meet My Friends, The Friends, which there will be more episodes of. We will be doing more different things and having fun and trying to have fun for you and with you. And then, last but certainly not least... APMike.bandcamp.com. This dumb calendar. Just buy, everybody just buy it so I don't have to hear about this thing anymore. He brings one in as if, as if he's, he's doing me, he's hooking me up. I got a calendar for you. Oh really? I only mentioned 700 times on the air. More power to him. I gotta got love him. I love you, Mike. I know, I know, I know. I might not show it sometimes, Mike. And you know, I know. Maybe you know. Maybe I got to just be a better, better person, a kinder person. Maybe I could be a better friend to you, Mike. Because, you know, you took it upon yourself to make this calendar, and you got all these talented artists involved, and everybody worked very hard on it. And you put your money into getting it made, and you're just, you guys just trying to make a buck. That's all. Is that a crime? I don't think so. But maybe I'm acting like it's a crime by putting him down when he's just trying to just trying to get by that's that's on me that's the kind of thing that makes me say I think I can do better and you know I'll try I'll try to do better Mike because I see the work that went into this thing and it's beautiful these artists committed to it they did the work they made something special and you put it together and I should just tell everybody you know what you gotta check this dumb calendar out that this guy put together look does he turn my stomach no he doesn't he's a great guy that was a trick question of course he doesn't turn my stomach does he drive me up the wall no he doesn't another trick question yes he's a great guy and he made a calendar does the calendar revel in uh, in uh, abject horror and depression? Yeah, it does. It's it's clearly a calendar made by somebody who's who's uh, documenting the 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 underbelly of of life and the underbelly of Bayonne. I don't even know if Bay- there is an underbelly to Bayonne. I think Bayonne is the underbelly to other places. I don't know. I know this. I go into Bayonne. You can get gas. There's a place to fill your tank up. Nice. There's that one diner. I'm a little wary of that place because the car parks at an angle you can't look at it from the window while you're eating. Never comfortable with that. I got to see my car from the diner window. But you know what? You go there and you know when you go to that 7-Eleven, you know that's a green 7-Eleven. Those solar panels are not for decoration. They're trying to change the world at 7-Eleven. 
one sandwich and one pre-wrapped pickle at a time. And when I see that, I say, you know what? This is why AP Mike is great. This is why you need to go to apmike.bandcamp.com. And if you go there, you buy the calendar, you're saying, AP Mike is my kind of guy. I like him. You know what else I like? I like America! Computer, I'm gonna throw you in the trash, but listen to this. Best show back next week. <laughs>